I've had this for a while. Oops, where's your face, Optimus? Give me your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. That meets the eye. Autobots, roll out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's way you can cool. Go, you can go on Funko's website right now. I think it's still in stock. $18 plus whatever shipping and tax is and whatever else. But yeah. I was so worried about that. I remember when they announced it that they were gonna do one, and I'm like if you fools don't get the man, then there's going to be a problem. Like yeah. I wasn't, I was not even going to get it. And then I saw like somebody posted, I'm like, okay, I know it's I'm paying attention to that voice for almost 40, you know, 40 plus years of my life. So like oh, yeah. I, you can't, there are people in the, in the comments on the, on the, is that, Yes, I can tell you it is. I've been listening to that voice for 40 years, both as Peter Cullen as an evil version of Kit and everything else in between. It's it's him. <laughs> no, that that's great. And, and it's so funny where, you know, that voice is so hardwired into our childhoods. You know, we can we could tell when it's not right. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell we can when tell. it's like yeah. yep. We can tell when it's not right. We can tell when it's Gary Chalk, which is more than fine. I don't mind yeah. him playing, you know, Optimus in, in Armada or wherever he played him, but don't even get me started on Neil friggin' Kaplan. Oh, God. Oh, sure, Isn't yeah. It? Like, his voice was just bad. Mm -hmm. and then my I other mean, trick, I, of course. Go ahead. I, I, I don't even mind a David K. Oh, you no, know? David's awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, you know, animated dot, and I'm, i got to remember don't spoil it for him. Don't spoil it. I, I gotta, I'm like, he hasn't seen it. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But then, of course, there's this. Very cool. I love that. <laughs> the good old button. Oops, I turned it off. That Oops. was the good thing about this is, is it has an on-off switch, so. Yes. <laughs> hey, Mike, you know, we've been noticing you've been having a lot of problems lately, you know? Well, I guess well, let's just kind of kind of jump in and and as we uh, you know, I, I guess this is kind of a, a follow up of sorts to that show I did a while ago, where I was I I, I was just in a mood and I just had kind of like hit a breaking yeah. point, and and thought I would just like sit and record for a few and the. The thing that I didn't anticipate is that that show would resonate with so many folks because, like the the outpouring of of uh, messages I got from uh, folks was was quite frankly a bit overwhelming. Like I I got texts, I got Facebook messages, I got Twitter DMs. Like like everybody was was uh, uh you know just kind of coming out of the woodwork to to you know more or less let me know it's like hey man you're loved um you know um, yeah. uh, uh please stay <laughs> you know you know yeah. that kind of thing and and i didn't mean to scare anybody but it was just like i i just just kind of felt a a a bottom a a despair that really i can't hadn't quite felt for quite some time and i thought rather than bottling it like i've spent a good portion of my life doing i would actually talk about it and 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 i'm glad that it um that 
that it connected with folks. But that leads me to where we are now because uh, you, TFG One Mike, uh, <laughs> reached out and and said, "Bro, if you seriously want to talk about this stuff, I uh, I got some material and." I've got 43 years. You know, folks, he spent four hours on my toy podcast talking about toys. I almost spent four hours on his show talking about my 40 years of existential dread. Exactly. So this, so this is the, the existential dread of TFG one Mike, And then, and then later on, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the history of, uh, of geek cast radio and all of the, all of the 15 years of, uh, of podcasting that, that you've been doing. And, and I've been, I've been seeing the post too. The, the 15th anniversary appears to be in effect. So, yeah, uh, well, I needed, I felt like doing like, so, First of all, all credit where credit is due. I have never been an art student. I cannot draw. To, I can draw a squiggly line. I can't draw a straight line. I can't draw. Like I can maybe draw a curve. I can't. I've never been an art student at all. So my buddy Steve Megatron, who started the GCRN with me, was like, you know, I was like, okay, basically, this is funny. Steve is my AI, but he has actual intelligence, not artificial intelligence. So <laughs> actual intelligence. I like exactly. that. Exactly. I like, I prefer actual intelligence to artificial intelligence. Like he has these templates that he comes up with for his formatting, for his uniformity, for our website, for various, like the various arts and whatever else. And he came up with a comic book looking format template for the pull bag which basically the top left has the show name the episode number and then the bottom right has our logo and then anything in between is whatever so i'm like okay fine if we're doing a review on say transformers volume 10 from idw put this picture of optimus and megatron in this like i can basically tell him to however i want it whatever i want it as long as he gets the gist of what i want in there i don't care what else. i always tell him i say this is what i want do whatever your magical art skills are that you have that you've done for the last x number of years of your life and then he comes up with this awesome stuff and that i actually already had him do this but i have a 10 year one like the 15 year one you saw mm -hmm. i have a third i have a 13 year one because back in 2018 i was trying to write what ended up being my 13th anniversary post where i basically catalog everything so i got a 10 year i got a 13 year i'm like okay 14 years i'm like just go ahead and do 15 16 17 18 whatever because i know i'm not gonna not be podcasting right four or five years for this is I'm, I'm a machine. This is my life, you know? So. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that. And, and again, a big congratulations to, to you and, and Steve and everyone who's been involved in, in GCRN over, over the last 15 years and, and, and wishing you all of the greatest success as, as you guys go forward. It, it really is uh, an, an admirable 
accomplishment. Like I, I've been doing this, what, like, I don't know, seven years now, something like that. So I, I feel like a podcast baby when, when, uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of, kind of measure myself against like, you know, folk, folks like you or like the radio free Cybertron guys, you know, fo- folks that have been, you know, around in this scene yeah. uh, forever. Uh, well, Brian and XV, and especially Brian. I mean, Brian Kilby has been, literally he invented podcasting before Steve Jobs came on stage and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, this is you know your iPod. This is your podcast." Before any of that happened in two thousand five, Radio Free Cybertron was going strong starting in ninety nine. So, you know, I mean, Brian's amazing. You know, everybody in the and it's so funny. It's like you've been around seven years. Another one of my friends has been around seven years. It's like Nobody in mainstream culture thinks that podcasting happened before like 2014. Everybody's like, "Oh, Joe Rogan this year." Oh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I have no, I, I, I don't know them. All as I've ever seen of him is whatever acting job he did on Fear Factor as the host. I don't oh, sure. care about them. I, I have no interest. In, don't wish him any ill will or anything like that. But like zero interest in anything that that he's doing it but people are like oh joe rogan and podcasting i'm like you know it's been around way before him right it'll be around after he decides to give it up too right yeah you <laughs> like 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 he invented the thing or something like that and it's uh yeah it, it's it, it's interesting to kind of track the popularity of podcasting because it really i i think I, I don't know. Is it true crime that really kind of made podcasting take off in a big, bad way? Now? Well, well, I mean, technically, the pandemic really made mm. everybody kind of notice because everybody's at home. What the hell are we going to do? And I'm sitting here like, yes, it's pandemic is horrible. Absolutely. All of that. But like, finally, you people understand the way I've been for the last X number of years of my I sit at home by myself, editing podcasts, recording pod, whatever I need to do to get this train going and keep it going or whatever else. Like that's what I do all day long. And it's like, finally people understand why I don't want to leave my house or apartment or whatever the hell you want to call this place. Sure. Sure. Well, let's, let, let's kind of wind the clocks back uh, just a, just a little bit. Cause I, I I'm, I'm sure we'll get into more. Uh, oh Yeah origin story stuff as as we go but i i guess kind of starting with the the headline because i'm going to put this episode out as as existential dreadcast um yeah and uh, you know x dread man x gonna give it to you that 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 kind of thing or or whatever (laughs) more like elon's gonna give it to you (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i've been making that joke all day it, it's good stuff, man. Uh, I and all the memes and all the gifts, and it uh, it, it just it just sucks. I mean, well, so so to pivot for a sec, like I, I'm sure this won't be the the first or last pivot joke that we make about <laughs> you know uh, uh, couches and pivoting and and whatnot. But uh, I don't know what you know. A lot of us in uh, our community, whether it's it's podcasting or toy collecting or toy collecting podcasting or or whatever the hell, um, yeah. it seems like the same handful of folks have been 
kind of signaling the death knell of Twitter for a while. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm leaving. And they almost never do. A few people have. But um, I don't know. How, how do you feel about I, the, the stay of Twitter? Are you sticking around? You got, you going to get on the Mastodon or something like that or whatever the hell? First of all, I don't have a power coin, so I can't get on the Mastodon. Right? I, I just, just, just Maybe the no. saber-toothed tiger, maybe. Maybe the White Falcon Zord, maybe yeah. or, or, or drag, dragons or the Ultra. You need dragons. a flute for that, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, ha I had one at one point or another. Uh, yeah, you need a flute, flute, a dagger that doubles as a flute. Talk about yeah. stabbing somebody with some musical notes. Ah. I don't know, man. I don't know. look. I've been saying that Twitter has been a cesspool since maybe 2014. So. Him buying it and whatever he's doing, I don't pay that close of attention to it. I see the headlines. I know the major strokes of it, but I don't know. But this whole branding thing now, like he's, he, I don't know. It just, yeah. it's just so weird. And like, I'll stay on the train for as long as it's there. I've, built up this entire presence on that like i don't always and that's the other thing any social even the new ones that i've I've, i have blue sky i have threads of course threads is instagram and it's all meta and what's all zuck and and uh, whatever but like yeah. i don't want to have to like oh here go to my profile x.com slash pages and i'm like x like i like the the joke the 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 Elon's gonna give it to us. I even posted the song and said, "Hey, just curious, why did you just name it X?" Like I know he likes SpaceX and this X and that X, but like social media X, social egg, yeah. like something other than just X. Like even Samuel Jackson knew to call it Triple X. I mean, come on, right, right. Yeah, it just it just doesn't seem to be all that um all that creative. And 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 for me, I you know, I I'm just I'm just going to stick around until it all burns down and then maybe maybe I'll find something else, maybe I won't. Um I I've always been a late adopter of mm -hmm. social media like I um I I don't remember how long I've been on Twitter, but I've been on Twitter longer than I was Facebook. I didn't get on Facebook until, I don't know, maybe like six years ago, something like that. And really? even then, yeah, well, and because I, I was resistant and reluctant yeah. and kind of, and kind of crabby about it. Yeah. Um, where, whereas it felt like Twitter was kind of more where my community was mm -hmm. um, and, and still kind of is, I mean, you know, there, there's pockets of Transformers fandom, uh, kind of, you know, all, all across cyberspace, but th there's, it, it, there's a good concentration on Twitter or, or yeah. X or whatever, whatever the fuck whatever it is, but yeah, whatever it's going to call now. So it's funny because I joined Facebook in apparently my entire social media life started 15 years ago. May of this year was 15 years for me on Facebook uh twitter let's see where is i joined twitter in july of 2000 in july podcasts grow there 
uh, <laughs> July of, of, of 2008. So yeah, pretty much everything for me runs back to 2008. Uh, I mean, I had been on, you know, I had email, we had the get the old, yeah, but like the internet, the way it was at the end of the nineties compared to what it was like, let's take 98 to 2008. Though that yeah, yeah. decade, that those 10 years, the internet changed so much. And I know between 98 and when it first started, like it was IRC chat, it was this, it was that, it was all the text. It, it was the cyber space groups with the cybernetic space cube for all the transformer stuff. I wasn't in on any of that stuff, but I was sure in on Yahoo messenger and Yahoo chats. And I swear if I, if I hear that stupid modem one more time, Mr. AOL <laughs> voice, like, you know, but like 2008 was pretty much, you know, I was kind of on it in 2006. I was kind of on where I started listening to podcasts was like late 2006, early 2007. Cause at the time I wanted to listen to an old radio station in Boston that I had listened to my whole life and they were doing live broadcasts and doing uh, podcast versions and things like that. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I can listen to the old station. Yay. That's awesome. And then I just kind of branched off. And what, like I said, in 2005, when Steve Jobs is like, podcast, like, oh, okay, what's this? And then I found a whole bunch of stuff that I started listening to. And I've been listening to the stuff ever since. I mean, some shows have come and gone and whatever else. But I mean, wasn't until I started listening to Steve on his All Things Transformers show. And uh, he he knows this, but <laughs> <laughs> he released all things Transformers version 1.0 episode eight, and it was him without his then co-host, which that's a whole other, I don't even want to get into that, but that's a whole other, but it was him by himself and he was struggling and I'm like, pick it up, pick it up, pick up the pace, get in, like, get into it, feel what you're talking about. And I messaged him and we went back and forth. Next thing you know, I'm on like three of his episodes. I create the TFG one podcast and uh, you know, all of that. And, and we've just gone from there. Nice. So. See, I, I, I love, I love hearing those kinds of stories. Cause like I, I I've talked to a handful of different folks that they were kind of like, yeah, I just, I just kind of, I just kind of pushed my way into this, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was something I was into and yeah, I just kind of wanted to be a part of it. You know, I, I, I've done that with, uh, you know, with some of my buddies podcasts and it's kind of interesting <laughs> to kind of see what, what I call the, with, with all the humility possible, the Mike Seibert effect, where as, uh, as, as episodes get, longer and more esoteric and more philosophical like like my i i feel sorry for my for my friends from autopod decepticast because like they had a pretty tight show before uh before they got in touch with me and now now so, it's all now it's all mental health and booze talk and i love it but. so it's it's funny you say that because it's basically what you like they were the a team in 2010 and you were rod pike you came in there with a rocket launcher and just blew up the whole damn thing yep yep uh, uh. but not like for me it's like i always want like i said i'm listening to ever since i was a kid i growing up in massachusetts i lived an hour south of boston we were in kingston plimpton plymouth area on the south shore and 
I was always, of course, in the 80s. Well, what do we do? We listen to the radio. We watch television. We read books. You know, we played board games, played card. Like, we didn't have the internet. We, we had, okay, it, by the time 85 rolled around, yes, there was Nintendo. Yes, there was Sega. There was this. There was, sure, fine. But, like, there was no internet in the 80s. And so we listen to the radio. We, you know, and I'm all about the morning show. I, because I will, like, whenever we end up not doing this right now, uh, however many four hours that takes, um, uh, <laughs> like I'll go to bed or whatever, like say I go to bed at midnight, most likely my internal clock is going to say, okay, it's 5am time to get up. So, yeah. cause I was always up my bus in to go to elementary school in the eighties came at six fifteen in the morning. So I had to be up showered, ate cereal, listen to a little bit of the morning show and then off to school. So I am a morning person even though sometimes i'm not so listening to morning radio has been my whole life so i always wanted to be somewhere in radio whether it was getting the coffee or making the copies or whatever i just wanted to be that fly on the wall like i didn't necessarily want to be on air i didn't want to be a radio dj or anything like that but i loved seeing what they did and i wanted to be in there just in that atmosphere and in 2008, I was four years. I was only at that job for, yeah, I was, no, three. I, I worked at a place for about five years. It was, um, we'll get into this whole other side, but it was a social work place uh, dealing with um, uh, permanent housing uh, mm. clients and things like that. So basically what I was, was a live in resident. So basically I live on the campus. I have my own room. I have my own everything, but when the case managers aren't there that, so I was basically working nights and I had my days free kind of, kind of thing. So what the hell am I going to do during the day? Can't do anything else. My job is at night. Either, yeah, sure. If I, you know, go into work at say 8 PM and I'm off at 8 AM, that's a good 12 hour shift. And I hand it off to them and I'm like, okay, well, I have the next 12 hours to either sleep or do whatever other daytime things I need to do. And I just started getting like, oh my God, I need something to do. I need, like, I have the job. The job is paying me. The job is doing whatever. That's fine. But I need to find something. And <laughs> I had recently rewatched. Good morning, Vietnam. Okay. And that guy, before the legend comes on, today in Saigon, the weather is going to be blah, 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 blah. The guy before Robin Williams, essentially, the, the newscaster. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody that has that kind of voice. In, but, you know, you've been in radio. You've seen oh, yeah. personalities like that, where oh, it's yeah. like, that they're just so deadpan and so monotone and it's like okay so my first i basically almost sounded like that pretty much and i eventually learned and i learned the thing that you know i do best is 
I can work off of people or I can work with people. I cannot sit here. It takes me, Mike, it takes me about three days to work up one 30 second ad for a podcast because it's me sitting here by myself with audacity open, trying to figure out how I can get this text out in audio form in 30 seconds and have it be good. Right. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't do that on a long term. Listen to any of those first. I think it's, first 14 or 15 episodes of the TFG one podcast. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I started building the, you know, between Steve and myself, we did all of our shows together uh, between him, myself, Michael Wilson, Optimus solo, Kevin Thompson. We all did all kinds of various things and, and whatever else. And, and that was going and like, we would do review shows of cartoons and movies and TV shows and, 10 years ago, I started the pull bag because I got into comics full time and, you know, all of that stuff. And when the pandemic hit, a switch just hit in my brain. And I'm like, I need to figure out something else. Because as much as I love doing all the review show stuff, as much as I like everything changed for everybody else, nothing really changed for me because I'm always here. I'm always at home. I'm always by myself, whatever. But everything for everybody else who has a real job, who has, you know, it all changed. So I need to figure out something. At that time, when I started the pull bag in 2013, I didn't want it to just be your every, like, you can go on whatever podcasting client, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. You can put comic book podcast. A million of them come up. A million of them are going to review Long Halloween. A million of them are going to review Dark Knight Returns or whatever. I wanted something new, not new necessarily, but something extra, something different. And that's when the pullback Origins started, which at the time and a decade ago, it was 25 questions about reading comic books. When the pandemic hit, I'm like, and even before then, we had expanded it to all things Transformers. There's 25 or so questions for for Transformers fans, there was some other whatever. And I'm like, okay, Steve and I were like, we're going to start this new show. It's all in one under the whole thing. We can do whatever is in the audio and visual medium. So if it's a piece of music, if it's a movie, we can review it or whatever. And I'm like, okay, fine. I also want this other thing. I want to call it podcast approach within the show. And it's 30 questions about how you listen to or produce your podcasts. I needed something new and something different because while I love the review shows, I was tired. I, I was just getting so tired of it. And I needed to figure out a way to where I have all the time in the world. I can, if you want to record at 3 a.m., I can record at 3 a.m. If you want to record at 11 p.m., I can, Does I don't care. I can cater to whoever's schedule. And right. I needed a format that I could approach people and say, hey, look, all you got to come on and do is talk. I will ask you questions. You give me answers. We'll have a conversation. And there's no prep for anybody else that's coming on. That, like, you don't have to watch the first 20 episodes of Transformers Animated. You don't have to watch this. You don't have to watch that. It's just come on and talk. And we've been going strong with, with that for well, the last three or four years now. So. That's awesome. I mean, I, I've always been blown away 
by the sheer amount of content that you put out. It's just like, you know, I, I, uh, I, I struggle to put out two shows, you know, it's like, as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I added two mics, too furious to the, to the rotation, it's suddenly, it's like, I have like no time for anything else. It's like nope. that, that is, it, it's just crazy. So it's like, you know, and I always thought, I, I guess, I guess, when I was getting ready to, to take on that project, I was like, okay, I'll just kind of alternate. You know, I'll work on Mike Seibert Radio this week, and I'll work on Two Mike's Two Furious the next week. And it, it, it is not working that way at all. <laughs> if, you have, if you have a weekly show and you don't have the time that I do, that needs to be your show. Or you put that show on a two-week schedule. You put it on a bi-weekly, every other week schedule. You can fit in the other show on the other week kind of thing. Whereas me, I can record three different episodes for three different podcasts in one night and have them all edited by the weekend and ready to go whenever I need them to be ready to go kind of thing because I have the time. I Again, this is what I do. So... Mm-hmm. And other people that have regular jobs, they they can't do that. My buddy, uh, Jesse Jackson, Jesse W. Jackson, he does Set Lusting Bruce, and he also does Perfectly Good Podcasts, and he does a Doctor Who show and some other stuff. But the two that I listen to is his Bruce Springsteen podcast and his John Hyatt podcast. And for a while, I he needed some help, and I was like, look, you give me this amount of money or whatever else, and I'll edit whatever, however you want me to edit it. I'll edit all because by that time I learned. In the beginning, I didn't know about editing i knew nothing i told steve in the very beginning i'm like look i'll sit down i'll record whatever else you have to edit all of this and then at some point or another i started learning how to do it and you know steve at the time was going through some job changes and different things and i'm like okay fine i'll i'll and i've been editing ever since and i know some tricks i don't know some tricks but i get it done to where as long as it sounds because that's the thing i've been listening to podcasts so long I know it sounds good in my ear yeah. and as long as it's, as long as I don't hear anything, as long as, you know, there's no weird crashes or anything, you know, there, there's no, nothing weird. There's no hums in the, hums in the audio might be, you know, you can do, do a little process here or there or whatever, but yeah. And I mean, so I told my buddy Jesse, I'm like, you know, look, if you need help, I'll help you. I just need a little extra cash right about now. So I worked on his shows for, I don't know, a month, month and a half, two months, something like that. And this man, like I call myself a podcast machine. He's, what is Jesse? I'm sorry. He's older than us. He's sure he he's older than us. And he was putting out like, he would tell me, Here, here's the next four episodes. I'm like, okay, when do you need these by? I need them by this date, this date. I'm like, okay, fine. You'll have them a day before you need them. Because I'm the type of person that you tell me a date, I'm either going to have it to you that day or potentially two or three days before you need it kind of thing. Because I want to get the, especially if I'm being paid for it, I want to get the job done and get it cleared off the desk and all that and everything else. And, but man, he just, he was just pumping them out more than I, like, I, it was crazy. So, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, 
none but time on my hands. So whatever people need, I will, as long as I'm able to do it, I can get it done. That's awesome. So, so I guess, you know, uh, talking about all of the, the different types of shows, um, you know, I, I, I had mentioned in our correspondence that I'm a sucker for an origin story and, (laughs) and, and especially origin stories that, uh, include overcoming adversity. And, you know, I, I, I know one of the things that we wanted to talk about here was, you know, the, the, uh, exhaustive, extensive interviews that that you guys have done, but <laughs> but I, I suppose let's let's go further back and kind of like you know you know you had, you had talked about your passion for radio, which I I I always feel a kindred spirit when I connect with podcasters who are radio folks. You know, yep. it's like because really, I mean, podcasting is just kind of like an extension of radio and and talk radio and that and that and that kind of spoken word format, which is yeah. which is which I you know and it, and it's so funny too, you know, to to kind of get esoteric and philosophical here. I do think it's kind of funny where you know a lot of my exposure growing up was in music radio and you know just the the hot rock and flame throwing DJs on, on the radio and things like that. And really talk radio wasn't, wasn't really looked upon that favorably or that affectionately. It's like, yeah, if you listen, if you listen to talk radio, you're, you're either a raging conservative or, or, <laughs> or, or, or some kind of weirdo, you know, just some like, you know, like paranormal type folks or something like that. Yeah. But, but what I, I think's happened and, and I don't, think that pop culture still hasn't quite caught up to this that that basically like podcasting whether it's you know uh this type of stuff or it's true crime or if it's audio drama or whatever the hell else any anything that's going on in big podcast what i don't think civilians realize or normies realize is that it's all spoken word format at the end of the day you're doing talk radio and 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 like i said i don't think folks uh understand that or have a grasp on that so the thing is is i'm an audiophile i would rather listen to something than have to like i can like for me podcasting and being a YouTube creator are two very different things. Having a YouTube channel, doing like toy reviews or whatever you're doing with your YouTube channel, that's something completely different. People that are out there doing tech reviews that have been doing tech reviews for the last decade or so of iPhones and Androids and whatever else, that's something wholly different. When I started, I looked at the podcast as this is audio. This is you're listening to this on your way to work, on your way home, on your jog, on whatever. But I wanted it to be a television show at the same time, an audio television show, essentially. And we've learned over the years we can't do that all the time. But like I was putting in like three, four, five, seven minutes of audio from like the generation one cartoon or from animated or from whatever. Like I've obviously cut back on all of that. But like when we started, my thought was the first thing people need to hear is if we ended up getting interviews, we would have whichever interviewee do. This 
Hi, this is Dan Gilvazan, and you're listening to GeekCast. I, obviously, I'm not Dan Gilvazan, but like, you know, it's I have this standard script or this standard line. Anyone who wants to say, say, hey, this is blah, 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 you're listening to blah, 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 that's the line I usually put in front of everything. And then it'll have whatever theme song it is, and then it'll have me or whomever else will cut to another, like, it, like if it's an episodic thing, like you guys are doing uh, TFA right now. Yeah. Uh, what episode are you up to? You just released episode 10. Uh, 10. So uh, 11's coming up. Yeah. So, but, so what was 10? 10 was the spider. It was the black arachnia. It was the Alita one black. Okay. Anyway, but like you take a 30 second clip from that, you say, okay, well, here's a clip. We'll come back with our, you know, so you break it up into sections of the audio of having this here, this here, this here. And, that was what a review podcast was to me. It was having us do the intro. You hear a clip of whatever we're going to be talking about. We come back and talk about it. You hear the next clip for the next episode, whatever else. That's a review podcast. Now people in 2020, they're rewatch podcasts. I'm like, yeah. but it's all, it's all audio. There's no video. Like I don't ever put that. Like, like I said, you can't yeah. see me. Like I don't do, video do, do, i do, do, do. Uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i don't i don't do video i don't do like it's perfectly fine if somebody if i'm like on your lovely show here uh I, i've paid uh the msrp on this but it's one of those things yeah. where i deal in audio i only right. want to deal in audio because every time i've tried dealing in video it screws up my audio like it, like something will happen in the internet connection and i've fairly fast internet so you know but something might happen to where it screws up part of the audio recording i'm like this is why i don't turn the damn can for the longest time i didn't even have a can like i had a i had a, a logitech whatever it was from like 2010 to 2013 then i it i don't know what the hell happened to it and i got another one recently because Somebody was like, oh, well, we have this video version of our podcast and you have to be on camera. I'm like, oh, okay, fine, fine. It's the only way I can be on your show, which I still haven't been on that show yet. And I'm not going to say what show it is. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and I, I'm, I'm okay. But for my own shows, it's like, nope, audio only. Less headache for me in the long run. Yep. And the other thing with my shows is they're all recorded and they're all edited. So... I have full control over whatever anyone on the recording is saying. Like, yep. don't try to fill a silent. I hate filler words. Hate them. Absolutely hate them. If it makes me, me, I'm not talking, but it also is anyone else. So I look at myself first. If, if I'm going to say, like, if I'm stumbling over the words to find the reason why I love Hot Rod slash Rodimus Prime, which that will never happen, but it's like, um, I, um, don't really, I, um, know what I am, um, cut all of, take a little razor blade, digital razor blade, cut all of that out, because all of that is, is filler that nobody wants to hear. <laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, so from there, um, I, I forgot where, where we were. We um, are going back to the past. 
Yeah, yeah, we're still going further, further, <laughs> yes, and further, further back, and further back to the past. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I I guess kind of kind of the lightning rod or or light bulb moment, I suppose, for for GCRN and how you know how 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 how, how do we get here? How do we get fifteen years later? No. Uh, well, the network the network is only fourteen years old. The net, we started the network June first, two thousand nine. So. Steve started in 2006. I started in 2008 podcasting. And then we started the network in 2009. Uh, basically, we had he had all things Transformers. I had the TFG1 podcast. He had his website at the time. I think he still has it, predaconempire.com. And we wanted to create something where we didn't just have to always talk about the stupid robots. Yeah. <sighs> robots always wrote like because and on the tfg1 podcast if people look at that at the old feed i would do supplemental episodes where we could talk like that was the thing back then if you didn't want to waste an episode of your show talking about the next thing you're supposed to talk about in the topic that you're doing the podcast on you sit there and you write okay this is a supplement we did supplemental episodes on ferris bueller we did supplemental episodes on beverly hills cop all that so you know we wanted to step out and we were geek. We weren't just Transformers geeks. We were geeks all around. And we wanted to create something that uh, that we could put everything under. And that's what Geek is Predacon Empire, not exact. And I didn't, I don't know. Steve is the web designer. He's the art guy. He's also the, you know, he's, he, he needs to probably relearn some of the audio stuff. He knows what to do, but he just hasn't done. Because for me, it's like if you don't have the time, dude, just I have the time. I'll I'll do the editing, whatever. But it is what it is. So like we had strengths that we used. I eventually learned the editing strength, but you know, all of that, and we wanted one place to put it, and we needed something cool. And my biggest thing was I wanted it to sound like a. As far as the GeekCast radio network, I wanted it to sound like it was a radio GCRN. Like, okay, it's not a W, it's not a K if you're out in the freaking weird land of KWGN. I don't understand the K. I don't get it. W is much better. You, so you, you people out there with the K's, man, I don't get that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> and, and, and and it's funny too because the 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 Mississippi isn't really in the middle. It nope. really kind of isn't. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. And and that's basically what the dividing line is. Is you know, uh, radio stations that are east of the Mississippi uh, start with a W. And those west of the of the old Mississippi start with the the dreaded K. So, if I wanted um, K's, I'd go to Fenway Park and you know strike out there. <laughs> <laughs> so i I think we were I, I think we were still kind of in that in that mode of of, of chatting origin <laughs> stuff. But like you know, I I I had said something to the effect of like you know over overcoming adversity and it and it seemed like that was 
that was material that resonated with you and and, and <laughs> interested you. So um, you, I, I guess you think kind of <laughs> yeah yeah. So so I I guess from there let let's kind of let's just kind of gently wade in and 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 kind of kind of kind of get our kind of get our ex dread on there. All right. And, so where all right where to start where to start? Like I said before. Born in Massachusetts, born in February 1980, uh, and I was born with cerebral palsy. I was born with, it's a mild case, but I was born with cerebral palsy. I was born with optic atrophy with nystigmatism. So optic atrophy is nerve damage. No LASIK is going to help my eyes. So technically I mm. am legally blind. <laughs> It's kind of rewinding and fast forwarding at the same time because I didn't find out about part of the cerebral palsy part until way later in life. So you hear the term cerebral, okay, that's the brain. Palsy is whatever it is. Like I said, basically for me, my right hand and foot are smaller than my left hand and foot. And yes, I can walk and all of that stuff, but my balance is all screwed up and everything else. But with my hand, with my right hand, I can grip things as long as I have my left hand. Like, I let's see if I can do this. I, don't know if I, I wasn't trying to do that, but like, basically, <laughs> in order for in order for me to hold Optimus here, mm -hmm. like, I have to be making a like. If I let this go, this hand is gonna let like it's gonna let it go. So. My mom went through all kinds of doctors and hospitals and up in Massachusetts trying to figure out what happened. How did it happen? What do we do? I was in casts several times in my life, both on my right and le right leg and right arm. Uh, in the 90s, when I was living with my dad and my stepmom, I actually had surgery on my arm, on my right arm. They either moved around or removed the pronator in my right arm. I forget. I've got the scar. I can't show it to you, but sure. it, it's basically it's over here somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, basically that was to hopefully get more motion, more range of motion out of my arm. Basically, unless I'm doing it with my left arm, I cannot move. Like I can move my fingers individually, but it has to be like, again, it, it's a brain thing where it has to be, if I'm doing it with my left hand, I it's, this is not sending the signals to this side of my body. It's just not doing it. It's just right. not doing it. And I wasn't sure. I never was sure what the cerebral part of the, I mean, again, I know it's brain something. So in 2018, I had, I've had headaches my whole life. And most people will be like, oh, it's a migraine or it's a tension headache or it's this or it's that. And if I take some pills, it'll, if I take some, whatever, insert whatever pain pill you want to take, it'll go away. Well, my headaches got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And my lovely now, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but hmm. uh, lovely Karen, who passed away two years ago this November, unexpectedly, uh, we were in the middle of a grocery store in chicago somewhere i forget where where we were and i had a headache coming on i couldn't look at anything could not look at could not look at the cereal on the shelves if i 
tipped my head up. To, not that I wanted to look directly at the indirect light, you know, I didn't want to look at the light, but like couldn't look at any, like having huge light sensitivity issues and everything else. I turned to her and I said, "Hun, we either need to check out with what we have or we need to leave this car right here because I need to go home and be in a dark room and not have any light whatsoever. And rarely we would go out before noon, but we were out at like 8 a.m. that morning doing grocery shopping because my thought was, let's go out, get it done early when no one's there practically on a Monday or whatever day it was. No, it was a Sunday. Everybody was in church for those that decide to live that life. Uh, and, you know, and uh, we were trying to get, and just it just kind of hit me. And I'm like, we either check out with what we have. We didn't even have half of what was on our list. Or we leave this here. I've got to go home. I took three ibuprofen, 600 milligram ibuprofen at the time. This was like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning. And I just told her, I said, I need to go to sleep. I just need to close my eyes, go to sleep because this headache is not going away. I can't focus on it. I can't sit in front of my computer. I can't do any podcasts. At it. I can't even lay there and watch TV with her or anything like that. I'm like, I just need to go to sleep. So I went in, into our guest room uh, and uh, got in the bed, fell asleep for like, I don't know, three, four, five hours by noon, 2.30, whatever it was. Woke up, still had the headache. Took th by the end of that day, by the end of that Sunday, I had taken 15 600 milligram ibuprofens because oh. it was just not, yeah, it was just not going, the pain was not going away. Like my head felt like it was going to pop out of my skull. There was something wrong. We didn't know what it was. So I went in and I had all these MRIs and cat scans and dog scans and whatever else. <laughs> and they're like, we're setting you up with a, it wasn't an orthopedic surgeon, but it was some brain surgeon guy at, at Lake Forest Hospital in Illinois. And you need to go in, you need to talk to him. We've done all the scans. We've done all this, done all that. And what they found was, in 2019, right before the pandemic hit, in late April of 2019, I had excess spinal fluid on my brain. I had basically had water on the brain for anyone who doesn't know what it is, but it, the technical term for it is hydrocephalus. And it was a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a couple of months before this, I had seen that, not art. Who's the other guy? Um, uh, Tim. Oh, Tim Conway. That's what it was. Tim Conway died of this exact thing. Uh, mm. Hydrocephalus. And I went into the surgeons that, that, that Monday and, or that whatever day it was. And, and he said, yeah, or no, it was whatever. I'm, I'm screwing up the days, but basically Monday, May 6th, 2019, I went in for brain surgery. Uh, I don't have robot parts in me. I'm not a transformer, sadly. Uh, not that I wanted robot. There's no shunt in my head. There never was. They only just drained the excess. They put a drain in and they drained it off my brain. And I've been semi, I get headaches every now and then, but nothing like what it was before they did the surgery. What they found, though, was interesting. And I, this is the part that I never knew. Most everyone that isn't born brain damage, everyone that's born normal, 
you have a what's called a corpus column. This is the thing that separates the left and the right brain hemispheres. So instead of having two, you know, lap pools in my head, I had a huge friggin' lake in my like it was just all there was no corpus there would never it's something that happened when I was in the in my mom's womb back in the late back in late 79 or whatever it was where it just never developed. Ne I've never had it. So I apparently I had water on the brain for like 20 or so years or whatever it was. I don't even know how long it, it had been building because like I said, by, by, um, by April of 2019, I was just like, nope, just something wrong. Got to go get it. Got to go all, have all this stuff checked out and whatever else and, and all that. And yeah. So basically the doctor i i didn't want to do it like because like i said it was a friday to monday kind of thing he's like yeah we need to get you in here i'm like can we wait a week he goes if you wait a week you could be dead in a week i'm like okay see you monday yeah here here i am what is it 2019 2023 four years five whatever the hell long many years it's four years later now and like i said now i'm okay i get headaches every once in a while it's not like it was i don't have them every day like i used to but still i still have things wrong with my mm -hmm. brain because i still can't i can think and i can do productive things but i get things switched around it's not necessarily uh, adhd or anything like that it's not you know, whatever it's, but like my, like unless I listen to it back or unless I, you know, whatever, like I'm probably not going to remember certain things. Like mm -hmm. I could do this. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, did I do that thing? I have to go check to make sure if I did something or if I didn't do something. Right. Um, which is weird because as a kid, I remembered all my numbers all the phone numbers I ever had, I can, I can still tell them to you to this day, not that they work anymore. So it doesn't really matter, but it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like, like I remember all my old phone numbers. I remember all of my family's old phone numbers. Cause again, growing up in the eighties, we didn't have these candy bars that are metallic with, with screens that just, here's your contacts. Okay. I don't even remember the last time other than a phone number that I've, never dialed before i don't remember the last time i actually dialed my dad's phone number it's just dad's number is in my phone i'm just gonna hit dad shop and call my dad whatever else but like i and i can again i can cite these because i'm pretty sure they're not in use anymore like our original phone number was 617 crap now i'm forgetting it yeah, no. 617-585-8487. My grandmother's was the same thing, 617-585, but hers was 2539. Strangest right. thing was my mom wanted us to change phone numbers when we moved from our apartment to the house that she had that my uncles had built for us. The phone number we ended up getting changed to, which we always had to make sure we didn't confuse with my grandmother's phone number. Grandma's was uh 617-585-2539. Ours was two six three nine one digit. <laughs> so like, try to keep that straight without a cell phone. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, madness. So, yeah. So you know, I I mean, you you talk about 
overcoming adversity and, you know, with all of those different challenges, uh, more challenges than most and more than what a lot can relate with. Um, how, how do you get through it? You know, it, it, cause I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're knee deep in, in existential <laughs> dread, but like, yeah. um, you know, we, we had well, chatted offline, you know, about like, you yeah. know, bouts of bouts of depression and fits of depression. I, and, you know, that I sent him like 20 different links folks to make sure he had his research, like keyed to a T on, on this stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I've always had like, can I have, am I a negative person? Am I, am I, do I have negative thoughts? Do I sometimes let my negativity creep in? Sure. Absolutely. All the time. Like I can't stand AI. I think it's going to be the death of this, the, the human population. It's just not like it. like, I'm a lazy person. Trust me. If I want to be lazy, I'll be lazy, but I ain't going to be so lazy. Like I would rather write out a podcast intro for you or for whomever than say, Hey, chat GPT. Or, hey, Alexa. Yeah, I know everyone's thing just activated. Uh, you know, <laughs> do this for me. And I'm like, no, I want to sit here and like, you've been in radio how long, Mike? Eight years? Longer? Eight years, yeah. Okay, you've been in radio. So eight-year radio veteran Mike Seibert is now on the GeekCast Radio Networks, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to talk about his Transformers or like... I can come up. I just came up with that just now. I didn't have to write it down. I but I would rather write out my own thing than have some thing that I can't see or don't know about try to tell me what to say. Like, right? You know, like bouncing ideas off of each other, making like whatever in like you know, just like having actual creativity, not just. I don't have time for this. Let's just the, have the robots do it. Like, no, that's not what they're. That's not what yeah. they're there for. AI is perfectly fine if you want to use it as a tool. If you want to use it to learn, or if you like, if you want, but like, that's fine, whatever. But like, some of the people that are using it out there that are just using it because they don't want to do the shit on their own. And I'm sorry to curse. Uh, just, that's fine. Uh, you know. The E is for evidence. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, you're good. It's, it's just it's just one of those things where I don't know, man. Like I, I come from a generation of imagination is every. You know what? What did Sesame Street and Mister Rogers and all those children's programs back then teach us? They taught us how to use our imaginations, and I think imagination. I'm not a parent. I never will be a parent. And partially the reason why I will never be a parent is because I don't want any, first of all, I'm too damn old at this point. Second of all, <laughs> uh, I don't want any child I might've brought into this world to be treated the way I was. I didn't know what the hell I had as a kid. I knew I was disabled. I knew I was learning disabled. I got made fun of all of the time because little Mikey couldn't, ride the swings the right way or little Mikey couldn't play this or couldn't do that or whatever. And it's like, okay, sure. Fine. Whatever. But I'm sure there's plenty of like, I don't have the picture with me and I don't have a controller where I could actually show. Uh, no. All right. Well, this isn't going to be, but basically I have a picture somewhere and I'll send it to you, but basically mm. I can play video games one handed. Like 
can nobody, to my knowledge, play video games one-handed? Like, like I can take a, a Nintendo, a, a, a regular Nintendo NES controller or a Super Nintendo controller, even though I don't want to, but a Sega Genesis controller. I basically hold it with my pinky. Like, I basically mm-hmm. cradle it in my hand, and then I use my thumb and my index finger for the D-pad and the buttons. So... I can do that. I've done that my whole life. I remember in Christmas of 92, I finally got a Super Nintendo. I spent all Christmas Eve, Christmas morning into Boxing Day, December 26th, playing Super Mario World. Like, anytime I wasn't sleeping, I was playing Super Mario World one-handed, you know, uh, kind of thing. And it's just, that's just something I can do. But the other stuff that I can't do, like I, I played sports somewhat. I played kick. I mean, kickball is, we we can get into whole analytics of what is and isn't a sport, but like I played kickball, I played hopscotch. I did all that. You know, I did it the best I could, but like, I was not going to be the star quarterback of the high school team. I was not going to be the star hockey player. I was not, I just never was going to do that. And it somewhat pisses me off because even though it wasn't my mom's fault that I was born this way, but like, you know, I would have been a completely different person. Most likely I would have probably went out for sports if I didn't have this damn disability. And if I didn't go through having all these kids, that that's why my skin is like, Forgive me, listeners, and I'm sorry for anyone who gets offended. 40 years ago, there was no such thing as, I mean, yes, there was being, there's certain things you say and you don't say, but like, I like Hot Rod, Optimus Prime is not my, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, today people would be like, blah, 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 like writing a 40-page forum comment as to why I'm wrong on why my favorite character of whatever friend, No! Like, shut up. (laughs) Like, come on. Like, get over it. Like, you know, and I think where if I don't have a positive outlook or if I don't have a pot, like, if I don't at least keep the hope alive, then I'm truly dead because I really have nothing else to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like, like how, like, so I got to find the positives where I can find them. And I always mm-hmm. try my best to put my smallest foot in reverse or whatever. I don't know, dude. It just sure. It's just one of those things where there were several things as a kid I was taught you don't talk about. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about how much money people make. You don't talk. You don't. There are just certain, just certain topics that are none of your damn business. Like, And it shouldn't freaking matter. It should not freaking matter whatsoever if this person over here is a Democrat and that person. I don't give a crap. They're all corrupt. It doesn't matter what what animal you are or what's like. Again, growing up today, I I could not. I, I just, if I was a kid today, I don't know, man. I don't know how. And look. I have a lot of friends that have children and they're raising their kids that, you know, right. And all that stuff, whatever else. But like when, when I say kids today, I mean like people, strangers, I don't know. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and I and I see things online or on this or on that or whatever, and I'm just like, what? But again, I really shouldn't say anything, can't say anything, because I don't have kids. But like recently, this is I I guess I explained this wrong to incorrectly to someone. Mm. Recently did an episode with a friend of mine who has two children. She's a mother, and she does not like Paw Patrol. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. You can listen to the episode, whatever. But she made a post about Paw Patrol and what children's television programming nowadays is trying to teach kids versus what we were taught when we are And I'm like, hey, you want to do a podcast on it? Never seen Paw Patrol in my life. We're not actually reviewing Paw Patrol. Mm -hmm. I'm giving her a platform to discuss this. And my aspect of, of, it's kind of like you and and Mr. Andrews. You've never seen Transformers animated. He's Mm -hmm. watched it so many times it's burnt into his skull. You're watching it for the first time. You're forming your opinions for the first time. Whereas he knows it by heart. The way I saw this was she has watched all this stuff because she has children who are X age and X age. They're, they're, you know, I don't think they're five and eight, but you know, they're they're in that age range of kids watching Paw Patrol. Yeah. The age appropriate. Sure. Right. Exactly. So, and so because her kids watch it, she's had to endure it, whatever else and whatever else. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I've never seen, I've never, never saw it. I've never had a reason to say, seek it out. So I was trying to explain this to another friend of mine of what I was going to be doing. Like I was going to have this podcast with this friend and this other friend is like, how can you review something if you've never seen it or if you're not going to watch it? And I'm like, it's not us reviewing the show, but how can you talk about it if you don't know anything about it? isn't that the point of having a conversation with somebody is to learn something. And this other friend is like, I'm so done with you always thinking, you know, everything more than anybody. I'm like, wait, what? This other friend blocked me on faith. I really don't. Um, What? Like, like literally like whatever. So we had the conversation. I actually did that day before we did the recording. I went onto YouTube. I looked up. I think I watched maybe, 25 or 26 different clips from Paw Patrol so I could see for myself what it was, you know, what it was, what it is, what, and I came away with certain things that she didn't think about, but we recorded that episode, we released it, and nobody's really come after me saying, oh my God, why are you doing a, a, a children's television podcast when you don't have children? I'm like, no. nobody's nobody's doing nobody's coming after me for it and my point was children's television programming then versus now because i grew up Mm -hmm. on sesame street i grew up on mr rogers and these kids today are growing up on stuff like paw patrol and bluey and whatever and i wanted to give my friend a voice i wanted you know do you want to just take this past your facebook post let's do that let's find a way i've got a 15 year old podcast network all you got to do is show up and talk. But this other friend's like, mm, you suck. Bye. Okay. You're lost. Whatever. She didn't say that, but like she pretty much. 
I don't know, Mike. It, it's yeah. just it's just freaking crazy. But like, so me with the whole going back to the whole, how do I have? If I don't wake up and try to make the best of like some, it depends on how I sleep the night before. Because sure. that's the other problem with me being six foot one and almost five hundred pounds. People are like, "Oh, you should lose weight, or you should." You know, it's really hard to lose weight when you're disabled and you're you're about like. Some days I can't get out of bed in the morning, kind of thing, sure. because the balance is always off, whatever. But like, you know, if I don't wake up and at least try my best, like something like again waking up at like 5 a.m 6 a.m whatever if i have a good morning say until 11 or almost lunchtime whatever but something happens and it's like okay well this day's ruined i'm gonna go probably rest for a little while but i'll come back at like 4 or 5 p.m and and try to but as long as i can make generally every day a good enough day to where nothing really stresses me out or nothing really you know makes me want to spiral and just say screw it there are days that i've had that days that i've had that it was like when i haven't slept the night before at all so you know but i don't know man it just if i don't have this this positive uh, i have negative opinions and i have negativity with like some of the toy collecting stuff and some of the this and some of the that and whatever else but like as far as like getting up and getting through every day it's like Hey, like today's Monday. Yeah, yeah. I hate Mondays. <laughs> it's like I feel always. I yeah. hate Mondays. You know, it's like like that thing I mentioned earlier about uh, the word porn page on, on on Facebook. Like, I don't hate you, but you're the Mondayest Monday thing in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing where it's like, okay, that's funny. That that's cool. That's whatever. And then something happens to me where it's like, okay, well, this day was instantly made better. I don't know if this was on earlier, and I'm pretty sure the video isn't going to be up anywhere, but that's fine. But, like, if this hadn't shown – if the Rodimus Galvatron 2-pack Funko Pop didn't show up today, I mean, I wasn't, like – I wasn't really having a bad Monday, but just as a general token, Mondays really aren't my thing. Right. But I knew, you know, th- that came in. I was like, oh, okay, that 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 instantly made me happier. I thanked my buddy who sent it to me and whatever else and all that. And I knew we were obviously going to be doing this and getting into all these issues. And I knew that you and I, because you and I had a four-hour toy cast blast. Yeah. Uh, talking about your, your, your origins and toy collecting over on the GeekCast Radio Network. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cyber Radio Podcast does not endorse or sponsor the Geekcast Radio Network. Not anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe it does. Who could but Maybe know? it does. Who knows? Go 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 check out those shows because they, they yeah. rule. Yes, they do. <laughs> you know, so but like, you know, again, it's one of those things where if I need to take a break or I need to step away or I need to just go lay down and take a nap for an hour, kind of I'm more than fine doing that and it doesn't ruin my day, but there are plenty of times in the last couple of years where it's like, I don't even feel like dealing with today. I got to get up. I got to walk around. I got to stretch. I got to, you know, take a shower, have some breakfast, do whatever. But right after that, I'm getting right back into bed because I ain't dealing with anything. I've had days like that. We've all had days like that. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, I try my best to just stay as positive as I can, if I can. Well, you know, and and it's interesting because, like, looking at that through the lens of content creation 
And because like, like one of the things I, I run into sometimes, one of the, the criticisms I run into in my personal life is like, oh, you know, you, you, you're so negative. You dwell on the negative. You look at the negative. And, and I think sometimes there's a dichotomy between the type of content I engage with the mm -hmm. types of content I create and just kind of how I am as a person, mm -hmm. meaning like, you know, I don't, I, I don't feel like I, I actively pursue grumping around, but I, I do have a very snarky sense of humor and some of my content does kind of skew towards negative criticism. I, I like talking about stuff I don't like. You know, I I I, 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 I kind of like not liking stuff, that kind of thing, and 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 sometimes that comes through. It's like, well, well, Mike, do you even like anything? I'm like, I like tons of stuff, and it's like, well, how come you don't talk about it? And 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 sometimes, and and maybe this this is kind of like the 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 weird double edged sword of negativity is that you know sometimes that that that's just more interesting like mm -hmm. i i can i could i could talk for hours about how i don't like the flash movie but like i i could it seems like i can only spend half of that time talking about any given movie that i do like it just it just seems like there's more material there for me to engage with with stuff that i don't like than the stuff that i do so it's funny you say that, and I'm <laughs> early in my podcasting career, people would be like, you're not giving any actual constructive criticism about this. You're just saying what you like. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I like the fact that it, I like the fact that it was not Hot Rod's fault that Optimus got dead. Megatron <laughs> pulled the trigger, damn it. Hot Rod didn't have his hand on the gun. You know, like, sorry, but like, again, maybe I need to be using AI for certain descriptors because I'm like, oh, that's awesome, or oh, that's this, or oh, I liked that because of this, or oh, I liked this because it's fun. I really freaking hate blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, it's, it takes a lot more energy to put the negative negativity into it. But the reason why you don't like something is you probably have more reasons why you don't like it versus reasons why something. When you like yeah. something, you like, it's, you've seen the jackal, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, his, uh, his lady, his lady there, the one that they, the the um richard gears love interest in that movie where you know they love completely they hate completely they this you know they love who they love they hate who they hate blah blah whatever it's one of those things where being from boston we are very set in our ways we are very like if we like something we like it if we don't like it we don't like it you're gonna hear mm -hmm. about it either way but we can probably give you more reasons why we don't like something versus why we like something like not everything has to have constructive criticism. I mean, my grandfather and two uncles were in construction their whole lives. They were carpenters that like, 
Construction is hard work, especially when you're forming opinions. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's funny. Like, you know, it, it's just... <laughs> Do I really need a laundry list of telling you why I like every single second of trans the Transformers the movie? No, you should know by now. And again, we also surround ourselves with like-minded people. We may have sure. different opinions about certain things. We may like different characters. We may this, we may that. That's fine. But we like the thing as the general connector for us. If you like yeah. the thing your opinion may different than my opinion on whatever, like, you know, whatever it is like <sighs> Megatron and Galvatron were the same guy. End of story. The only time they were different is in IDW. Right. Right. You know, but it, I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting to, try to parse that out and separate that it's like well you know because i do critical negative skewing content does that make me a negative person i i don't i don't specifically think so but there are times that that kind of seeps in also where yeah. like where like you were talking about you know the days you don't want to get out of bed that that kind mm -hmm. of stuff um I mean, like, okay, you can be the most positive person in the world and you can have a negative opinion on something, but that negative opinion should not ruin your entire day. You know, you could be the most negative person in the world and have a positive opinion about something, but that, it depends on where your level of emotion is on that whatever day it is like if mm -hmm. you're skewing like give me an example of how you skew negative on what you're doing on your show oh gosh um <laughs> i'm putting him on the spot on his own show folks well i, I i'm trying to remember like so like i and it doesn't even count because it wasn't even my own show but like last week i i uh i i was a guest on my buddy greg's show unfunny nerd tangent and we just basically bitched about the flash for <laughs> almost two hours uh because that that uh that movie's not great and i do not like it and there are things that i found especially offensive to my sensibilities there like i i you know you were talking about ai earlier and i i i i am having less and less taste for uh actors that have passed away being risen from the grave in in ghoulish computer generated uh ghost people i i really don't like it and there there was there was one cameo quote unquote in particular that really set me off to the point where i being a mature adult person or a mature identifying adult person felt that it was appropriate in a crowded movie theater at top of my lungs i like hey, this is this is a true ass story so so it was a press screening it was a week before the movie came out and like we're, we're doing the cavalcade of cameos and, and these, uh, these, uh, um, my fellow moviegoers, these, uh, mouth breathers, these civilians, <laughs> yeah. just, just cheering at everything. Woo. Throwing babies in microwaves. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Just cheering it. Like just the most <laughs> inane stuff. 
and there's there's this particularly ghoulish uh, uh, computer generated cameo where where a beloved actor is risen from the grave and people are just losing their minds. Woo woo! And amongst the cheers, I at the top of my lungs, I was like, "Oh fuck you, movie!" <laughs> and and, um, and, and that right, was something so- I I felt was appropriate to do. Um, so, so okay, go, going off of that, I will tell you that spoilers have never affected me because with my brain, I will most likely forget what you say by the oh. time I see it. <laughs> so <laughs> you can, that's it, funny. The movie's been out long enough; it's on digital now. Like, go ahead and t- tell me who the who the cameo was because I'll probably forget it by the morning. Sure, sure. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was Christopher Reeve as Superman. Oh right, oh I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's and not, it. Th- it just made me so mad because it just it just doesn't belong there and it feels crass and yeah. and and exploitative and yeah. and the and the rationale that I've been giving is like well somebody from his family must have bought off on it and I'm like I don't I don't know that that's specifically true and even if they did that doesn't that doesn't make it not disrespectful for my sensibilities whether yeah. You know whether the family thinks that's okay or not. I didn't. So like, now, okay. So you, you, I'm, I'm pretty sure this doesn't happen. Is there any point in the movie that Michael Keaton does voiceover where you see you don't see him but you hear his voice? No, I think it's pretty much him on camera. Okay, the, no, that's the fine. But, of the tiny right, there, yeah. that that's fine. My yeah. point in asking you that is if they had done something to add a another specific batman especially after it's only i would not i don't care about michael keaton i don't care about the batwing i don't care about any of the awesome stuff they threw into that movie to make it batman's movie if they tried to put kevin conroy's voice in there oh i would have it was too close he's only been gone for what a year year two years yeah i forget when he passed he passed recently in the last year or so and like if they had done that like even if they used old clips from bta like no don't it's like you you make a joke about something you're like oh too soon like too soon yeah wait way too soon but yeah man i don't I don't know. It just—I'm tired of Hollywood. Yep. <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of the business. I'm tired of the business of Hollywood. I'm not tired of the people who portray the characters or or the actors who do the do what they do. But like, just the business of Hollywood. I miss the days where we didn't, and I know this is the internet's fault, but we didn't know what was going to happen before we saw the movie, or we didn't know if a movie was even coming or like you had to look in the newspaper. You didn't know if a mm-hmm. Beverly Hills cop two was ever going to come in 1987. Beverly Hills cop was perfectly fine. I was four at the time, so I never saw it. I saw the second film first, but um, yeah, it's just, I love the instantaneous of getting content like podcasts and music and TV. Like I love the the content consumption, but the instantaneous of learning about what content is coming in the next seven years. I'm sorry. Whatever Comic-Con it was that Marvel at the time blew their wad on phases five and six. And went, 
God, this is too much. And it isn't even here yet. And now, of course, Hollywood. Hollywood. Wow. Yes. Uh, Hollywood is going to be shut down because of the strike and all that. And look, I'm all for these these actors getting what they want and getting what they deserve and not having AI replace them. Like, you can't replace Jennifer Hale's voices, whichever, I know people will say Femme Shep, whatever. For me, Jennifer Hale will and will always be Black Cat from the 94 Spider-Man cartoon forever and always. So, but like she was putting out on social media, like, it, I do not, unless I give you my express written permission you do not have permission to use my voice in ai or in and i'm like good for you go yeah do your thing like that's ridiculous yeah hollywood's cheaping out and it's pissing me off yeah well and and we see that with the unending machine of content you know it it, it never ends it's uh we see the cheapening of special effects as you know as as the grind never ends you know it's like that more movies more shows more faster you know more 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 and the trade-off of wanting so much more content so much more quickly is that the content starts to suffer and and that's kind of that was kind of at the curve of the bubble that we're at before the strikes and now that we're here in the strike it's like i i don't know what's going to happen i i would imagine that there's going to be some kind of retreating you know not as much oversaturation of content because i i think I, I think it was the convergence of a number of different things. I mean, COVID certainly did no favors in terms of how we consume content and how we interact with content. And just the fact that we're calling it content instead yeah. of, I mean, I mean, TV let's even shows, think, movies, animation, cartoons, music, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's all quote unquote content. And it's like, even you know, even as I say that now, I there, there's like ash in my mouth a little bit because it's like I'm I'm so hardwired into thinking of it that way that that's just naturally how how I describe it. And when you turn art into a commodity, it it it, it suffers. And yep. and unfortunately, the the reality is, and you know, it always cracks me up when when people talk about like oh, that movie's just a cash grab or that show's just a cash grab. And it's like, dummy, it's all a cash grab. It's yeah. show business Yeah. in that it, it's literally a business. And without yeah. business, there's no, there's show. no show. Yeah. And so I, I've, I've always bristled at the term cash grab because, you know, w- w- uh, unless you're a couple independent podcasters, you know, you, you're not doing it for free. But, well, I mean, there's a difference between a full-on cash grab and something that is going to, like, cash grabs to me are like, oh, we're going to do Knight Rider 4000, and we're going to bring back blah, 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 and we're going to, or we're not going to bring black blah, 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 back, you know, like, 
the some of these reboots that reboot themselves and they don't because it's a reboot they don't want any of the original actors they don't want any of this any of that whatever it is like that to me is a cash grab yeah some of the other stuff but i and and, and i agree with you hollywood's been grabbing cash since the 1930s and 40s like you know it's just the way it always is and I look at some of the box offices 40 years ago to so some of the box offices today. Like, I don't remember the first billion. I mean, I remember the first billion dollar movie I probably saw one of the Avengers or whatever else, but like, sure. We never paid that. And I, I mean, yes, we were all kids back then, whatever, but like, I don't remember any of my adults in my life, family members, adult friends of my parents or whatever. Like, Oh, this movie made this or because they were all, hard ass work like they were going nine to five or my dad is the hardest work he's retired now but my entire life he has been the hardest working person one of the hardest working people i've ever seen he's a mechanic but he's been doing it since he was like 14 he was born in 55 so he's 60 something now he literally just like is getting into his retirement kind of thing and i i I said to him the other day i said dad you've been working for 50 years of your life like all as i know about you is that you wake up at three four he will wake up at three four in the morning go into the shop do everything he has to do or do every before anybody else he's always the first one it's one of those first one in last one out kind of thing. And he always has this thing of, it's not an egotistical thing, but it's a thing of nobody's going to do this job the way I want it done unless I do it. It's not that he does it better than anybody else. It's not that it's that he wants it done and he wants it done the right way, according to his right way of getting it done kind of thing. And I love that I inherited that from him because I will sit (laughs) tie this back into podcasting for a second. (laughs) Currently we have done seven top 100 podcast projects over the last 14 years of the GCRN. The last one we did was two years ago, the top 100 transformers characters countdown just under or just over 12 hours of published content audio, six part podcast series took me 100 hours of audio editing to get it all done. And that dedication, that, like, I was sitting there every day. I actually chronicled the whole thing in a blog post where I'm like, okay, there's 13 hours here, there's 14 hours here, there's this hours here. By the time I hit 96, I'm just like, look, I'm going to put in the next four hours, call it 100 hours, make it a nice even sort of number, and call it a day and that's what happened but that that work ethic that dedication of doing what i love which is podcasting which is podcast editing i wouldn't have that if i didn't have the dad that i have the dad that got up at three four five six in the morning to go into you know his busing job before anyone else got there and just you know got ahead of everything kind of thing and it's that's the difference is that movies today versus movies 40 years ago. None of the adults 40 years ago were the adults that we are today because the eighties started us as kids craze on cartoons and toys and, and 
and comics and and I know comics were around way long before but the point is is that the 80s started something with the toys with the television shows with the cartoons with the animation with the movies with all that that makes us now 40 something years later say hey this is the biggest box office no adult that I have ever came into contact with that was around you know in their 30s and 40s and the 80s were talking about the biggest box office of the friggin 80s Again, different times, different things. There was no internet back then, as I've already said, kind of thing. And everybody mm-hmm. knows that there was no internet back then. I've wanted to do this idea for the longest time, and I've said this on podcasts and off podcasts. I want to create a story where the internet was online and brought to life in 1979. Okay. Where would that feel... Think of it as a Back to the Future kind of thing. You get into the DeLorean, you go to 1979, you somehow figure out how the whole internet's going to be. You take that timeline, that 1979B, and take it to 2023B. Yep. How fucked up would our society be now if we had the internet back in the 70s? There, there, there would certainly be no shortage of discourse about that second Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> so, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about kind of like generational touchstones and things like that. And, and I, I, I think it is interesting. One of the things that kind of defines our generation is, you know, the, the, deregulation of you know uh i i I don't even know what to call it advertising advertising yeah and and that you know i i've been i've been thinking about a lot about that a lot recently kind of like you know on one hand it's advertising as content but it's still content like i i've had some deeply philosophical discussions about transformers the movie and like you know even even the creators of the movie like you know flint dilly will come out and say and like hey man we we were just we were tasked with writing a movie that was to transition the old toy line out and rotate in the new toy line out with the old in with the new and hasbro didn't really care about how we got there it's just like you know kill off all these characters the this this is your hit list you can you could kill these people but not these people and i i've talked to flint enough times whether it's through podcasting or conventions or both and the thing that that he in particular has said over and over is like we had no idea that this stuff was going to mean anything to people 30 40 years later and 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 it's interesting because like retroactively folks probably millennials have you know kind of talked about the stuff we grew up with the, the deregulated advertising content as not valid or somehow less real and like you know you look at something like transformers the movie which is probably like one of the most aggressively consumerist pieces of media um but i don't care because the that story and that movie and the way that it plays out 
is special to me. And mm-hmm. regardless, if it's there to sell toys, I, I, I guess like my backlash to the backlash or my pushback against the pushback is that I don't care how it came to be. I just care about how it made me feel. And that's no less valid than, than any of the content that we have today, even, even if it's yeah. not specifically meant to sell toys. Yeah. It's like it, it's like, you know, owning the nostalgia. It's like, you know, you could have nostalgia, but you don't know, also um ha- have awareness about it. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, can I, can I, can I keep it on a leash or at least yeah. have have awareness of knowing what it is. Well, I mean, for me, the nostalgia of it is what the movie represents, what the story is that it tells. I never had I had Rodimus Prime maybe I had him two years after the movie came out. I had him in 88 and I had, you know, the classic Rodimus Prime with the trailer, you know, the, the whatever. But like, I didn't, I don't remember having any, I think the only 86 toy I had, but he was out before then he was part of the 85 line was I had Astro Train. Like he was one of the, I had Astro Train, I had Blitzwing, but like they were also, part and parcel sort of of the new characters, even though they weren't the full definition of new character, like, you know, but they were still around kind of thing. But like, I never had the 86 hot rod. I never had the, the cup or the, or the wheelie or the, this or the, that or the whatever else. Never had any of that stuff as a kid. I still had sound. Oh no, I didn't have sound. That's a whole other story. I had blaster. Uh-huh. I had blaster and his cassettes. I had the constructor cons. I had, I did have somehow I had laser beak, but I, I, I don't freaking know, but you know, I had Optimus prime. I had Megatron. Megatron will never be a gun anymore. That's fine. Get over it folks. It's okay. You can be a tank or a jet or whatever. It's fine. Doesn't matter. We don't need violence with our children these days. Anyway, we didn't need violence back then, but we didn't know kind of thing. But like for me, the nostalgia on the movie is basically like, like this. Damn it. It's not working. More than meets the eye. I hear that voice. I hear that voice. I hear Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, or I hear Judd Nelson as Hot Rod, or I hear Lionel Stander as Cup. I hear any of the voice actors do any of the lines. That's the nostalgia. Every time Peter Cullen talks and tells it, every he could tell it, he tells it the same way because it's the same story. It doesn't change the story about his brother Larry and how he oh, came yeah. up with the. Anytime he opens his mouth and talks, I pretty much cry no matter what. I could be sitting here watching a TF Con panel, I could be watching whatever, wherever he is. You get him and Frank in a room together and he says something or Frank says something that's not, re- it's not not funny, but it's like. They did the. It, it's kind of like the, the the thing where like. Autobots roll out. He said the <laughs> thing. He did the thing. He did the thing. He did like it's that kind of thing where it's like, holy crap, this is being done, or holy crap, this is him telling the story. When we interviewed, we only have one with him or two. We have one. When we interviewed Dan Gilvezan, just hearing him tell the story telling the wally burr stories or telling the studio stories or telling however whatever like just hearing him 
you have not heard, you know, you t- talk earlier about, about bringing ghosts back from the dead. Yeah. But, uh, no, but seriously, like when we had, I think it was the second, no, it was probably the first time we had Phil Lamar on for transformation animation podcast. We had him mm-hmm. on for an interview and I asked him, I said, so when you got to read for jazz did they tell you they wanted a scat man or did they tell you to do your own thing and he's like they wanted me to do my own thing because once i go into scat man and then he goes in and i'm just like i'm just like oh i'm trying not to interrupt him because as he's talking in like i'm like holy crap hong kong is behind me and he's dressed as jazz like what the hell is going on like he goes hey john you're going down i'm like Oh my God. It's just so good. It's those kinds of things when it comes to transformers, whether it's the movie or the cartoon or G one or animated or beast wars or, or whatever. It's those moments in the animation and the voiceover. Like those are the nostalgic moments that I attach to. I don't attach to transformers, the movie for the toys at all. Cause I never had right. the, to- the the movie toys. Mm, yeah it's just not yeah so all right where you want to go now yeah so switching gears we um <laughs> you know what what one of the things that that was the driving force of us getting together here and and having this conversation was kind of the 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 themes of dealing with mental health and mental health awareness and um, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you you sent me a overwhelming <laughs> amount of material that, that, that I'm still no, no, it's great because it's it, it it's tremendous stuff and and I'm glad to go through it. And more than that, I'm glad that you've put it out. Like like for example, you sent me like a an entire thing on uh the GCRN a website where it's all just different posts slugged as depression. And there's, you know, there's a number of different posts dealing with a number of uh, uh, different issues. And so I I guess my question is, and the thing that I would like to kind of talk about in this next segment here is, you know, we, we, we talked, I, I think I stumbled into this a little bit, in some of our earlier topics, but like, you know, folks our age were not necessarily raised with the tools to speak about issues about like, you know, mental health awareness. And it was really just kind of like, you know, bottling a lot of stuff and not, and really not dealing with stuff. And, and I think folks of a certain age are kind of stunted because of not having that emotional intelligence or being able to, you know, express themselves or, or articulate their feelings, things like that. Now, I, I feel like in another sense, we've almost kind of gone so far the other direction. And again, I, I'm, I'm a childless man, so I, I, I can't. Same here. I don't, I, I don't want to stick my neck out too far but i feel like now as a society we've we've almost gone too far to where like you know feel everything and express everything and and overshare and tell everybody 
everything about how you feel at all times. And I, I think like sometimes that naked honesty isn't the right thing either. But as somebody myself, like I, I've struggled with trying to find that balance. Like, I mean, again, I recorded a whole damn podcast where I was just like, you know what? I got some stuff I want to talk about and I've got a platform to do so. Yeah. My, my point being for all of this and the, and the question I wanted to ask and the, and the thing I wanted to, to talk about is what motivated you to share your struggles with as much depth. I mean, again, you have podcasts, you have blog posts and, and it seems like it, it's a lot of material that you've spent a lot of time with and a lot yeah. of time sharing. So, so I, I guess, tell me more. So I've been a writer since I was 14. Next year will be God, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, it was 14 and 94, so 2020. Yeah. I write, I've been writing poetry since I was 14. Mm. I've entered small poetry. Like, it was never, like, it was like, so part of my story actually happened. So coming from Massachusetts, and I say this in every episode that I, I talk about Massachusetts, and I know I'm sure it's di like Seattle is completely different. Like Seattle has, and it's funny because it's funny. We're doing this now versus a week ago. I yeah. just finished watching uh, for the first time through various episodes of a of a true crime series on, on Hulu called the dark side of the nineties. Oh the yeah. They highlighted was the Seattle grunge scene, the Kurt Cobain thing. And, all of that with the music labels and the, and the, 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 all the stuff out in Seattle with the, the grunge and all of that. So in 94 or 93, my mom had new year's Eve going from 92 to 93. My mom had a nervous breakdown. She ended up in the hospital. I ended up living with my uncle, but I come from we come from Massachusetts and Massachusetts for us life was it's a completely different monster. Like I said earlier, you like what you like, you don't like what you don't like and anyone else be, you know, whatever, you know, kind of thing. That's how we are. We get attached to things. We get unattached to things, but we like routine. We like being able to have a routine and have things not go haywire all of the time. And for me, for the first 13 years of my life, Massachusetts, what think of I'm nowhere as smart as the character was, but basically I am Goodwill hunting without the genius part kind of thing where if you watch that movie, that kid did not want to leave Massachusetts. It's you know, they say it in the movie. Here is home. This is home. I live here. I work here. I do things here kind of thing. So in 90, going from Christmas of 92 into New Year's of 93, my mom had a nervous breakdown. My dad had to come up from Kentucky because my, I come from divorced parents. My parents got divorced when I was two in 1982. So that's a whole other whatever. Uh, my dad got remarried in 87 and they then in 1990 moved down to uh, Simpsonville, Kentucky. I kid you not. The town is actually named Simpsonville. I thought Bart, Lisa, and Homer and everybody in the 90s thought that the Simpsons lived in Simpsonville. They don't. Uh, <laughs> um, so in 93, when my mom had this nervous breakdown, my dad had to come up 
she had to hand custody over to him. I went down there to live with him and my stepmother and whatever else, and things did not go good down there. Uh, the stepmother physically, I, I, this is the way I remember it, uh, you know, physically abused me. She would hit me. She would whatever me, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's one incident I absolutely remember. Uh, we also come from a generation and the generation before us where parents or grandparents or whatever, if you did something wrong, Mikey, go to the corner and stand there for X number. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, so my stepmother at one point, or I lo- oh, I know what it was. I know exactly what it was. I lied about my report card because I was failing health and PE. Nobody wants to do health class. Even if you're curious about sex education, no teenager wants to do health class. Nobody cares. And PE, I'm physically disabled. I can only do so much. I can only climb that rope with one arm kind of thing. <laughs> so I was failing health and PE. And I knew them, I knew my dad and my stepmom seeing that they were going to ground me, they were going to whatever. So I lied about it. I ripped it up. I threw it away, whatever. Oh, they didn't come. I didn't get mine. I don't know what happened. You know, the normal teenager, 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid lie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Been and there. she's like, well, well, you're lying to me. Go to the corner until dinner time, or go to the corner until I tell you to go to bed, blah, 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 blah. So I go stand in the corner, Okay. And you can imagine wood paneling on the walls because it was the late 80s, early 90s, and wood paneling was still a thing. Right. I was, my head, like, right, I'm going to do this, and sorry if this screws everything up, if I can do it. I don't think, no, I can't. Right. <laughs> I can't, can't do it with the microphone, so that's not going to work. What can I do this with? Uh, here, we'll do it with Optimus Prime. Okay, you see Optimus Prime? Yep. See how far my head is away from Optimus Prime? Okay. The way she said was, like, my head was, like, right here. She told me, no, put your head. She wanted me to put my head against the wall. She slammed my head into the wall Mm. four different times that she hit me in my back. This was 1994, 93, 94. They then moved out to this log cabin that they built, and I folded the laundry incorrectly. Oh, I know what it was. I put her slippers down on the deck instead of hanging them on the rack because she was one of those people that didn't believe in dryers. Like, sure, you can use a washing machine, but everything has to hang dry or be on a rack from the 1920s or whatever. Wow. So I put the slippers on on the floor on the porch, and it was a closed It wasn't going to get rained on or anything like that, obviously. And I went and did whatever else, and she ended up chasing me all over the house because I didn't put her slippers, like hang them by the heels on the edge of the rack. And my dad just got up and just kind of got in my face. And I'm like, look, I don't want to be here anymore. You don't know, or you don't, you're, you're, you're not doing this or you're not doing whatever. She's hit me before, blah, 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 blah. I'm done. So 95 is when I became a ward of the state of Kentucky. And I went through 31 different placements from shelter homes to foster homes to, I was in a mental hospital for a while. Uh, So, yeah, being in state's custody, I did not have it as bad as some kids had it. But I had out-of-control behavior issues. Obviously, I have the mental issues because I have brain damage. And But we didn't really know anything. Like, you just assume, like, oh, God, Mikey's acting out. Something wrong with Mikey. Let's go have him 
put on pills or whatever and whatever else. And yeah. So I forget where I was going with this. So the point is, is that, you know, life didn't turn out the way I was hoping it would as far as like staying in Massachusetts and living. Who knows if my mom hadn't had that nervous breakdown because of what was going on in her life, who knows where I would be now kind of thing. It's like, you know, again, going, going back to Mr. Frost, the road not taken, but like, right. Right. You know, you want to talk about adversity and, and, and overcoming odds and, I was never in like some of the worst placements in the state of Kentucky kind of thing, but like you don't really want to be in a mental hospital as a kid. You don't really want to be in group homes or this, that, and the other thing. So because my dad did not let the failings of health and PE (laughs) go unnoticed, they held me back a year because I failed health and I was, I was born in 1980. I was going to turn 18 years old in 1998. I was supposed to graduate high school in 1998. I had to actually volunteer after I got released from the state of Kentucky's custody. When I turned to 18 and I had to volunteer to recommit myself to the state in order to graduate high school in 1999. I'm perfectly happy with the fact that I had to do that because I wouldn't have met all of the cool people I did at Southern High School Magnet Career Academy in Louisville, Kentucky, where I spent my junior and senior year of high school. And that was the coolest thing in the world because that school had a media class. They had Ah. a, you know, the standard school television show, the this, that, and the other thing and everything else. That's kind of where, again, even though I was already, you know, into the radio part and whatever else as far as listening, that's kind of where the media bug hit me and it just kind of had gone from ever since. And, you know, I went out and I tried college and I knew because of the brain damage and back, I don't know what college is, junior college is like now, but junior college back then, you had to have a math degree. Look, like we were saying, I don't know if we said this on air or off air, whatever. you know, two plus two, that's four. It's easy. Two plus Y. What? Don't put letters in with me. Get your letters out of my numbers. You know, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like some people where it's like A and B, I get you throw an X and a Y button in the, I understood it. Some people didn't, but it's just one of those things, yeah. you know? So I had to extend it and whatever else. And I ended up through other group homes and other things. And, I, and then I, you know, went out and went into the world and worked several places. Like I said, I tried college, didn't work. And I never really went back. Like I went to like one and a half semesters of community college that which I had Pell Grants for and things like that. So it wasn't like I was, you know, drowning in college debt or anything else. But again, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do in my life because half the stuff that I wanted to do, I couldn't do because they're like, well, you need a math degree or something. I'm like, I don't want a damn math degree. You know, um, by 2003, the final placement I was at when I had to extend the state's care thing, Boys Haven. And it's Father Maloney's, it's Boys and Girls Haven now, but it's Father Maloney's Boys and Girls Haven in Louisville, Kentucky. They were coming up with a HUD permanent housing program. So I wouldn't have to worry about where I was going to live or anything like that. You paid them a certain amount of month for rent, which included the utilities and whatever else. And you had your own apartment. It's kind of like independent living, but it was more like permanent housing kind of thing. I was like, oh, okay, sure, fine. I was in that program. I was the first one that got 
put into that program at the time. And then a year or so, two years later, they're like, yeah, we need your help. Or if you'd like to do this, we'll still, you know, you know, instead of you paying us rent and do whatever else, we'll just throw that in part of your So I had a really sweet deal where I was working for them as the live-in resident, taking care of the after hours stuff, emergency stuff and other things. I had free rent. I had, plus they paid me and I had that job for five years from 2005 to 2010. In the midst of all of that, that's where, you know, like I said earlier, late 2008 is when I'm like, okay, I need to do something. And that's where the podcasting comes in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know. I know a lot of people that have had it worse than I have. And have I, you know, survived the adversity stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Have, Have I conquered some of the stuff? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the thing with now like you were saying earlier about how in the eighties and even before then it's like, don't talk about it. Don't, don't just shut up and deal. Well, you know what? Like you said, we have platforms and in the beginning, the platforms were, Hey, let's review this cartoon. Let's review that cartoon. And stuff kept happening in life. Stuff, stuff kept going good or bad. It didn't matter what it was. And like I said earlier, something in me just kind of snapped right around the pandemic. And I'm just like, I need to do something different where I wanted to get origins. Like, I still wanted to talk about comics and cartoons. I just wanted to do it differently. And that's kind of where the, the, the origins for GCRN comes in. And we're still doing cartoon reviews and, and all that kind of stuff, too. But it's few and far between because I've slowed down in my old age of podcasting. I edit a podcast a day and I usually spend anyway. They usually say if you record and release a podcast that's an hour and 30 minutes, it usually takes you about double that to edit it. Usually it takes me now because I go through every single second of audio to make sure everything is as correct as I can get it to be. Takes me about, I don't know, a morning from one episode from so if i'm not if i recorded the night before that next morning i'll get up 7 8 a.m by lunch i'll have one done maybe by dinner i'll have another one done if i'm having a bad day it's only going to get one done a day kind of thing um but as far as like the sharing and the oversharing that's not a shift in people that's a shift in the internet because of social media and the platform that were given to us by Facebook and Twitter and whatever else, like, Oh, we, <laughs> there's this old thing that I think it was, no, it wasn't college humor. It was uh, current TV or something. I forget. It's mm. uh, the trouble with Twitter. And it's these two guys. I'll, I, I love this video. I'll send it to you later, but it's yeah, these yeah. two guys, Dave, Dave, Dave and, and Craig or something. And, you know, they're talking, you know, one doesn't know what Twitter is. The other one's on Twitter. All, hey, Tweeps, I just got to work sitting in my chair now, blah, 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 blah. You know, just the what Twitter used to be when it right. first, you know. Uh, and throughout this video, it's like, none of your lives have, shut up. You're going to summon the fail whale, blah, 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 blah. Fail whale comes in, all this stuff. And I think it's the reason why things are more open now and the reason why people end up talking besides us that do pod, like the reason why people are shouting out into the darkness of the internet is because 
they have that, they can do that. And if somebody wants to like, when I listen to your, your episode where you're, I'm like, I been there, Mike. Yep. No, like I was even messaging you as I was listening yeah, to it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about when you say this or when you, I've been there because we can all somehow relate to each other. And I think it's almost a, people say that we need to stop doing the thing of like, let's say you tell a story. Mm -hmm. I need to not then come back with, Oh, well that kind of happened to me, but it happened that like the whole, but I'm like, like, wait, how am I going to relate to him? If I don't have something that I can like, Oh Mike, I'm so sorry that, you know, like Mike broke his arm skateboarding. Well, I've never skateboarded in my life. I couldn't, but like, you know what I mean? Like, Yep. How how am I supposed to respond to a story of someone by not re- like I'm not trying to take the attention off of you by telling mm. you my like oh you've done this before I've done this before this is my experience you've told me what you're you know you like there's nothing wrong with that I'm not trying to change the the subject I'm not trying to move the attention off of you to me kind of thing it's mm-hmm. more of like hey I sympathize with you that, you know anyone that's lost audio, anyone that's, that's screwed up an edit, like <laughs> that 100 hour editing for the transform, the late stages of that with the final episode, there was, I think it was like hour 12 or 13 of that final one. I started falling asleep and I'm like, <laughs> I really should, I really should get up and make sure I don't have anything wrong with this edit. I can save it, come back to it later. And I'm just like, no, I got to tap out. I got to go take a nap because yep, like, yep. you know, but you know, it's a re- being relatable to people when they're telling you something, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, some people now are like, stop doing this behavior. And I'm like, why, how am I going to relate to that person? How am I going to sympathize or empathize with them? Like, if you tell me, whatever it is you tell me and I don't have like, I'll say, Oh, I'm so sorry about your Like somebody who has lost a parent or has lost a this or has lost a, whatever, you know, anyone's who has a family member or a pet, like you can be sympathetic. You don't have to tell them your whole life story. But like, if we're sitting here having a conversation and you tell me a dark story of your life or whatever, and it's like, Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you maybe that's the end of it. Or I can say, Hey, I know how you feel because something similar, but not exactly similar happened to me. Right. I'm not trying to drag that into like telling my whole story. Like there's nothing wrong with that though. It's not like the, some, some of these micromanaging people that want to like, I, like I said, I'm pretty sure you're not releasing the video, but like, see all right. this right people would be yeah, yeah. if my grandmother was alive and i would let her get away with it because it's my grandmother mikey go get a haircut go shave that beard off people that say that shit to me that like like if i post the picture of on facebook of of what i look like right now someone somewhere is gonna say one of my friends is gonna say when are you gonna get a haircut you need a haircut yeah. do you want me to and i'm just like what the fuck does it matter to you Mm-hmm. Like what, like is me having an overgrowth of a bush on my head or on my face? Is it affecting you? Is it, 
no, it's not. Like, you know, I just, I'm so over all of the standards and practices of this is the way your life should be. No, Mm. it's not. Not everyone grows up, goes to college, gets a good job, finds the hot wife, has 7.7 kids or whatever. Like that old standard of this is the way life is supposed to go. You go to school, you get a job, you go this, you go that, whatever. Like, I, uh-uh. nope. I haven't lived a normal life as, as I've just told, right. you know, how can I ha- have the expectation of a normal life when I didn't get to grow up in my hometown because of what, I, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm so tired of those norms as they right. used to be. It's ridiculous. Well, we 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 talked um, a number of times, and and you've told a, a number of similar stories from from similar era. But like, there, from what I've I've gathered, there there's this tumultuous period of your life around where it's tumultuous for all of us around the the world. <laughs> you know, living live that global pandemic lifestyle. But um, you almost died in 2019. Yep. The pandemic happens. Yep. And and then you lose your <laughs> wife. It's yep. like how Oh, it gets even it gets even better. It's like that. It it's sort like, of gets I, better. I I don't know. I just uh I I one one of one of the the lessons that I'm trying to take away from interacting with mm-hmm. my friends is a little bit of perspective. You know, and you know, I I have a lot of things going on in my life that I let control me in ways that I probably shouldn't and probably isn't healthy. But I I have a lot of stuff that I am so damn grateful for. You know, it's like I I have relatively good health. I have you know a a you know a, a good support system at home and. You know, and, and I think one of the things that I talked about in that podcast is that I lose sight of that sometimes. And then the guilt I feel for losing sight of that. So it just kind of becomes a a a perpetual engine. And and it's just interesting. But like I um I I recently visited with a buddy of mine. He's he's a few years older than I am, and uh, had a stroke back in February and none of us knew he was in a coma for three months and, and none of us knew it was just like, Oh, what, a I, I wonder what Mike's up to, you know, it's like, is, is he doing okay? And then he, after he gets out of the coma and is at a spot where he could at least type a few words into Facebook. He, he basically tries to explain what's going on. And, and so, I mean, so that was just incredibly heart wrenching, but like I, I went to uh, go visit him after, after Sidefest. we, uh, you know, we, we printed a card for him and, and there was some knickknacks and, and merch and things like that, 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 you know, we wanted to share with him and, um, it was, it was incredibly sobering for me to 
encounter somebody who the last time I had seen them was incredibly vibrant. And then to then see them uh, wheelchair bound and, you know, uh, undergoing the physical therapy uh, journey of, you know, trying, trying to get mobility back at his hand, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. And he's, um, he's got a long road ahead, a long, hard road ahead. Um, and, and, but, but the thing that broke my heart the most is like, as he's talking to me and I could tell that he was struggling, like it, it was, it was physically difficult for him to speak at times. And he kept apologizing to me, you know, because of like, you know, his, his speech pattern and the way that he was talking. And I, I kept telling him I, at one point I, 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 you know, reached out and touched, touched his hand. I was just like, I'm you don't have to apologize to me. I'm just grateful that you're here to be able to talk to me. And so, but yeah, it just, it it, it was, it was like a splash of cold water across my face of like, you know, this is a guy who is a a part of my fan community Mm. and to see that change and to be face. I mean, it's, it's, encountering your own mortality mm-hmm. and it's, and it's a lesson in perspective of, you know, tomorrow isn't necessarily promised to us. So, and, and I keep seeing these lessons over and over and I never fucking learn. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like my, my podcasts are littered with like, Oh man, my, my uncle passed away suddenly, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to try to live my life to the fullest. And all of those stories always end with with Homer Simpson just sitting on the couch, munching down chips, watch it, watching TV. Yep. And it's like and, and that and that is me every damn time. And every time I have one of these things, that guilt kind of compounds. But but anyway, that, that, that was just a recent incident of just kind of like a, a lesson in perspective for me so so in a sense my interaction with with you is also a a a vivid expression of perspective like you know hey hey mike kind of snap out of it because i the 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 lessons i'm learning from from you mike is is empowerment and not being discouraged by the things that could be construed as the small stuff. Um, uh, you, you're a hell of an inspiration is what I'm trying to say. I don't know about all that, but you know, and the thing is, is I'm, we are all our own worst critics. We are all our own worst enemies as far as like how we feel about ourselves. And I, I don't know if it's because of the fact that I was made fun of as a kid or anything like that, or because of what I went through with, living with my dad and my stepmom at the time, or if it was because of all the places I've moved and lived and whatever else, or because I can't, and it's not that I'm trying to compare myself to anybody else. I'm just trying to like, I wish I could go out and, well, I probably could go out and win a bowling tournament because, you know, strong arm (laughs) over here. Right, Uh, right, right. But it's one of those things where it's like, I wish I could have been, the next Ray Bork or whatever kind of thing. Like there's so many, like anytime anyone has me on their podcast, you know, when they're actually interviewing me and I've listened to other interviews and I'm like, 
wow, that person has done way more cool crap than I have ever done in my, you know, I just, I've, I've always felt where I know stuff I've done in the last 15 years has mattered to people. And it's mattered to me at the time when I've done like getting, I can safely say I'm, I think I am pretty much the longest running person who has interviewed Stan Bush as far mm. as how many times I've actually gotten to talk to the man. Like he'll send me a copy of his new CD every time he has a new CD. Uh, I don't think you can see it, but over there is a copy of the box. It, it's over there in the shelf somewhere. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the 10 CD box set. Um, but when I, when we first got to interview Stan Bush for the TFG one podcast, I told him anytime you want to come back, anytime you want to promote whatever, you know, the first time we obviously got the whole Transformers, the movie story and everything else. But every other time I've talked to him, it's almost been a one-on-one -on -one conversation. There might've been one or two times where other people have hosted with me, but it's pretty much just been, Hey Stan, how have you been? What do you got going on? Oh, you sent me a copy of the new disc. I like this song, this song, this song. Thank you so much. Or we talk about his lyrics or we talk about whatever new song he's doing, you know, all of that. But like, I think I, yeah, I think you can count them on that interview page. The entire music section of the interviews page on it's like Stan Bush, Stan Bush, Stan Bush, rock sugar, Stan Bush, Stan Bush, Stan Bush. Stan. It's like, I think I've interviewed him 10 times. But it's like, for me, and this is the other thing that kind of hit me, uh, we've interviewed Neil Ross, I think, once or twice. I think once. I don't remember if we've done it twice or not. I'd have to look at the whatever. Anyway, Neil was releasing his book, Vocal Recall. Yep. Sent me a copy of it. Sent me a copy of the audio book. I listened to it before we did the interview. I read it and whatever else. And in the audio book, he's, or in, in the book, he says, for him... The joy is in the performance, not the playback. That really hit me. I enjoy like what we're doing right now. This is like my dopamine high kind of thing. Yeah, I can sit here by myself and listen to this conversation. Not that I'm doing the editing on this, thank God. But, you know, <laughs> you know I, can, I can sit here and I can, you know, have a conversation with somebody and be in the moment and have the fun time with that conversation and then go back and edit it. But that fun time is the conversation at the time in the moment. That's where I'm living in the moments. As far as like everything else in life, it's like if I ain't podcasting, I'm probably a sleeper, whatever. I don't know. But it's just one of those things where in 2015, I lost my mom. My mom was the stubbornest woman I ever met. And that's where I get my stubbornness from. And I kept trying to have her do more, do find a way to figure this out for yourself, get better, do this, do that. She had rheumatoid arthritis. She had osteoarthritis. She had all kinds of stuff, but she just kind of gave up like Christmas mm. of 2014 uh, January, February of 2015, she was getting worse and worse and worse. And by May 18th of 2015, she passed. But like, my mom was my hero as a kid because I lived with my mom full time. I didn't live with my dad full time because like I said before, divorced parents, they divorced when I was two in 1982. 
I would see my, you know, up until the point where he moved to Kentucky when he was still living in Massachusetts, even when he met my then stepmother at the time, because thankfully they're no longer, I have a second stepmother now, which she's, she's an angel compared to the first one, thank God. But uh, like, you know, my mom was this, like, like I said earlier, she was running around yelling at every single, find out what the wrong with my son why can't you figure out what is wrong what can we do to help my little boy who has this cerebral do something about you know she was raising you know she was that again massachusetts uh i actually do have one one podcast with my mother it's the only one we ever did Uh, yeah i it was we did it in 20 so In 2012, she had, in 20, uh, 2010, she'd moved back up because I brought her to Kentucky from Massachusetts in 2006. She was having a hard time. And I'm like, come down here. We can do this. We can do that. You can find jobs in Louisville at the time were easy to get, whatever. So she lasted about four years in Kentucky. And in 2010, she's like, I want to go home to Massachusetts. This isn't where I want to be, you know. She lost the job or they fired her or whatever. I don't remember what the hell happened. So in 2010, she goes back to Massachusetts. In 2012, she had a couple of falls and a couple of this. and you know, She would always just call me and say, I fell last week or I fell this or I did this. or I'm like, okay, look, you need to just come down here and you just we just need to figure this out. You need to be living here. Like, I can't live in Massachusetts. And the reason why I can't live in Massachusetts, even though I have disability through social security and all that and everything else. Massachusetts is just way too expensive. It, it just is. And it's most of the area that she was living in. It, 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 it's a coastal, it's coastal town. You know what coastal towns yeah. are like. Oh yeah. Know, oh yeah. You know, basically oh, yeah. the same damn thing. Like, you know, if there's, you know, if it's going to take the ambulance, 40 minutes to get to us and well then there's a problem uh kind of thing and i said come back down here we'll figure it out get an apartment do whatever and like i said from 20 so in 2012 in december of 2012 she came down she found an apartment she found whatever other things she was going to do for work whatever else but we i had her at the apartment at the time and we just kind of went through, I think it's like an hour and a half or so or whatever else. And I'll send it to you. It's one of the things I forgot to send it to you, but I'll send yeah, it to yeah. you later. But it's just one of those things where I got to have her on a podcast. And what I didn't like, and what I, again, with this whole always optimistic thing, like I'm always trying yeah, yeah. To, to, to invoke this thing of, I'll do whatever I have to do. Just let me know if you need help or this or that or whatever. Let's just figure out a way to do it. In late 2014, early 2015, she just kind of given up. And I hate, I still to this day hate that she just kind of gave up. I was at the, and the other part of this, which I probably shouldn't have buried after X number of hours of this, but because of this rural policy, I have never, nor will I ever drive. Oh. Just can't, cannot physically do it. It's just not because it's not just because of the cerebral palsy it's also because of the legal blindness even if i had glasses i have 2200 220 slash 200 vision which is why i'm legally blind i can see you know stuff and whatever else but like i can't i know where is it no it's over here 
See the turtles <laughs> poster over there, or the tra- yes. see any of the yep. yeah. I see. I know. Yep. I know that says turtles, or I know that says transformers. But right now, even if I were to turn around and look, I can't read that. That says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on it from here. I usually have to sit at a monitor like this to be able to actually see. Like I can see you perfectly fine. You and your lovely grayscale walls and that boom mic, man. It's it's too much in the camera. Yikes. Get that yeah, boom know, mic right? off camera. No, no, it's fine. But yeah, like, yeah. so, so, so that's my vision. So I've never actually driven. So I either have to have people drive me around, call Uber, do taxis, do whatever, do public transportation. So, yeah. So we were just we went through all that and whatever else with you know recorded that whole thing and got her life's you know experiences down and she just kind of gave up. And so my point in saying all of this about the no driving thing is the, the doctor was like, okay, you need to get your butt up here because she doesn't have much like she does. And I can't do, I can't do, I don't have a bedside manner. I can't do deathbed wait until they, I just can't freaking do it. So I went up there at like 12 o'clock and I tried to see if she would wake up and she was on a ventilator. They, she wasn't going to wake up by like three o'clock. I'm like, okay, well the dog hasn't been out for three hours. I got to go home and check on the dog and make sure the dog's okay. As I'm riding the Tark bus home in Louisville, Kentucky, they had either called the house phone or called my cell phone. And I didn't hear it or whatever. They left me messages. By the time I got home, she had already passed that wow. day. May 18th of 2015. And, you know, it's sad. Obviously I cried when I was there and and everything else, but like, I can, like after my mom passed, it was like, okay, I can't do death in, in the, in the light of, and of course around 2015 is when Paul Walker died and furious seven came out and uh, Wiz Khalifa along with Charlie Puth came out with see you again. And I'm just like, I do not need this song right now, but I kind of need this song right now kind of thing. And so that was, so, so that was a whole thing. And I just had to move on. I had to leave the apartment we were sharing, which is fine. I couldn't afford it. So like I had, again, I had to go find housing I could afford. I found this place and, you know, it was just on the edge of the West end of Louisville, Kentucky, which nobody wants to be on the edge or in the West end of Louisville, Kentucky. Cause it's the bad part of town kind of thing, but it oh, is what okay. it is and whatever. And I, so I just kept podcasting and kept podcasting and kept podcasting and you know how all these online relationship things work or else like Yahoo chat messenger, all the old day stuff. <laughs> so I met somebody online and she lived out in California. I lived in Kentucky and, and Jody Messina, notwithstanding, you know, it's like, Oh, I got a buddy out in San Diego. Let me go out here and, you know, we can meet and I can meet my buddy and whatever else. And that didn't exactly work and whatever else. So I came back, I came back to Kentucky in January of 2017. And I, I was like, okay, well, I need somebody in my life. I need to, somebody to talk to somebody, whatever, somebody that's potentially going to be whatever. And I just kind of kept searching and searching and searching. And I sent this message out, uh, Optimus Prime. I sent this message. (laughs) Folks, we're geeks. We always bring it back to Transformers. Yeah. So 
August 6th of 2017, I was on OkCupid and I wanted my profile to be as specific as I pot. I filled out over like 10 pages of questions. It was like 500, 1,000, 50. It was like whatever their questionnaire was like, how do you feel about it? Okay, I'll fill it. So, you know, I had like 15 pages filled with questions for this thing. And I wanted it to be as specific as possible. And I, so August 6th of 2017, I found Karen's profile and I read her whole profile. She had, I think, 38 or 39 pages of the questions filled out. I went through all her answers and then I crafted this message. And I said, the first yeah. thing I said was, hi, I'm Mike. And I just want to let you know, I am one with the beard force. She is probably the only woman I've ever really, I mean, I don't know a lot of women. I've known some, but not a lot in my life. But like most women are like, oh, clean shaven this, clean shaven that, beards are, oh, whatever. Well, Karen was the complete opposite. She was like, oh, clean shaven. It just scrapes my face. Like all the stubble just scrapes. Like, no. So she was, she was a fan of beards. So I did that line and I wrote out this whole message and surprise, surprise, I got a message back. We messaged back and forth, back and forth that weekend. If we weren't asleep or otherwise, whatever, we were talking on the phone, whatever else. By September, we met in person by October 14th. And the reason why I know this is because of a Thomas Rhett song because it's a line in one of his songs, I proposed. And by December of that year, we were married because we were talking all the time. The only time we were not talking is that, like I said, if we were asleep or if she was at work, every other time we were talking online, talking on the phone, talking on Skype, whatever it was, that, yeah, you yeah. Know, all that. So in October, uh, I moved to Chicago, October, 2017 for the first time since 2003, I left Louisville and went to Chicago because I was like, I don't care. Like, if you want to come here and get a job, fine. If you want me to go there for where you're working now, fine. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So in September, the first weekend she came down, what do some couples usually bond over? HGTV and House Hunters and oh all of my that gosh, stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, yes. So she liked taking house tours and Redfin and all that. So we go to this house in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a split-level house. All nice hardwood floors everywhere upstairs, except in the bedrooms, which had carpet. Downstairs was, you know, fireplace. It was a half-finished, half-unfinished basement with extra bedrooms and everything else. And we get to a point of, you know, we're going to leave. We're going to go back upstairs and leave the house because the tour was over. And, I'm, you know, she was talking to the agent or she was whatever and the agent was like oh okay we'll I'll give you guys a few more minutes or whatever i don't forget what it was basically we were about to leave and i turned to her and i said okay well i know what i'm doing for the next 50 years of my life i kid you not dude as she's talking to this other person or whatever she was doing a bolt of lightning hit not literally but felt like it a bolt of lightning hit me i saw the next 50 years of my life i figured we were going to be together i figured this that and the other thing and i said yeah, to yeah. her i said okay, well, I know what I'm doing for the next 50 years of my life. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, do you want to be with anybody else? Because I don't. I know we're probably not going to get this specific house, but let's figure out what happens next. So we go forward and everything else. We get married. Her uncle passes 
unexpectedly. He had a slip and fall and died from some... She was sharing a, a, a two-flat in Chicago with her uncle. So all that goes to her. We sell that house. We get married. Um, we moved to Gurney, Illinois. We found this amazing 100-and-something-year-old Sears home, whatever else. And we loved being there and, and all that. But her ultimate dream was to live in the Pacific Northwest. It's what she dreamed of her whole life and whatever else. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. Let's do it. Of course, in between all of this, before we got married, before we did anything, we went to Social Security because I am disabled. I am on Social Security. I should say SSI, which is the poor part of the program. And we asked them, what's, what happens to my benefits? What happens to me? What ha if we get married? Oh, just come report it to us. We'll figure it. They asked her all kinds of questions. That, like, they got all the information they wanted. And nothing changed. They kept paying me. Okay. At the same time, she was working full-time jobs and all that and everything else. December of... Was it December 2019? I don't remember. 2018. No, 2019. That's what it was. September. Yeah, it was late July, early August 2019. I start getting letters from Social Security. Your wife has all this income. You have, because her uncle passed away and him passing away, all the stuff went to her, including that house, which was worth X amount of money that she. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, she has all this and all that. And I'm like, yeah, but we reported this to you guys that we were getting married. We asked you if anything would change. Oh, well, we've been paying you for two years that we shouldn't have been paying you. It was like $9,000. Whoa. <laughs> for two years. They did not. And I know the government is ass backwards and always behind the curveball. But like we went to we tried to be preventative and go to them before something like that happened. So, yeah, I owed them nine grand and blah, 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 blah. And unless we got divorced, I was not going to get financial benefits from Social Security anymore. So even though we stayed together, we had to actually get divorced two years after we got married. And the stupid thing, Mike, and I, we got our divorce date is September 17th, 2019. X number of years after Transformers debuted September 17th of why the fuck does it have to be this day? Really? Come on, people. <laughs> Unicron my ass. So, right. you know, I'm like, whatever. So I'm like, fine, whatever. So like I said before, yeah. her ultimate dream was to be out on the Pacific Northwest. And I said, well, the only way we can be out there, and I'm more than happy to support this dream of yours, is if we are in a place where it's like, she wanted to live in Yahuts and all that stuff down in the coast of Oregon. I'm like, sure. this is really a remote, it's not remote, remote, but it's remote enough where I'm thinking that ambulance, if something happens to either one of us, it ain't going to get to us before 20 minutes. <laughs> we could be dead kind of thing. So we settled in Vancouver. We lived there from 2019 to, or 2020, I should say, because that's when we, got the Vancouver place from 2020 to 2022. Uh, she had had a, uh, throughout her family and it, there was alcoholism and things like that. She was more drinking too. She didn't know what to do with her pain. 
She had all yeah. kinds of pain, like, and the doctors weren't telling her they weren't help. So she basically just drank to go to sleep to get rid of the pain kind of thing. And apparently that was too much. Not that it, not that it was too much excess of, how am I supposed to say this without, uh, it is what it is. And they basically said, yeah, uh, your liver's failing your, and then her kidneys said basically the same damn thing that happened to my mother back in 2015, my mom's, kidneys failed and then something else failed and then she was gone so with karen even though at that point when she was in the hospital (coughs) sorry uh she was six months sober at that point and they're like yeah your liver's failing we either need to get you on a transplant list or whatever else and they're like the transplant list is xxx long whatever and it just kind of degraded 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 and november 5th slash 6th because it happened sometime between the night of the 5th and and the uh morning of the 6th she uh she passed away which means that i had to find a whole new lifestyle and we were so connected we were so like we got, even though we were only together four and a half years, we got to the point where we could finish each other. Usually it takes couples 30, 40 years to finish each We were finishing each yeah, other's sentences yeah. before the fifth anniversary kind of thing. And we were doing this. Like if I had a thought, she had a thought, we, hey, you want to do this? Yep, let's go kind of thing. And there were a lot of happy times in those four and a half years. There were a couple of times that weren't so happy, but you know, it's sure. mostly happy memories, but it's like, this is not the 50 years that that bolt of lightning told me I was getting kind of thing. And I had to fund, I had to basically go fund me the move from Washington to, to here to Indiana because none of the places in Washington or Oregon, there were six months, a year. Some places were two to three years. Some places were five to, and I'm going to say this right now because I've been dealing with housing and, and affordable housing my whole life. Any place that has a list that's more than five years long, you should not have a place. You should not have a list that's more than five. You know. Uh, so as I'm going through this whole search, my dad and my cousin are helping me stay at the apartment we were at. They actually moved me from the two bedroom we were at to a one bedroom, and they were helping me out. And I appreciate anybody in the last two and a half, three years that have given any time anyone's helped me in my life. I appreciate it. But the last two and a half, three years has just been, thank you to everybody and all that. And I just, so, you know, I raised that and I said, you know, I'm doing all this. So instead of doing like nine, 10 hour days, editing podcasts, I started nine, 10, 11 hour days researching the next place I was going to live and applying to all these housing authorities and, this place and that place and whatever place is open. Most states, because if you live in one state and you're applying to live somewhere else, some states are like, oh, well, you have to be blah, blah, blah. Or you have to do this. Or you have to do that. Okay, fine. I was never going to live there because I'm a cold-blooded person coming from Massachusetts. I prefer negative 40 in snow to 110 in the desert in Vegas kind of thing. Heat yeah. does not do well with me. And, but I said, whatever the first place is that offers me a place, that's where I'll go. I ended up here in Indiana, thank God. But it's one of those things where 
I was just curious to see what Florida had. Florida, out of all the states I looked at, is the one state that was like, oh, you want to be on our housing authority list? You actually have to be a resident of the state. I'm trying to apply to move to your st- Like, how can I? Be- Florida. Yeah. Flubups. Uh, so, so yeah. And I have no interest. Like once you see the next 50 years of your life with the same person, there's really nobody else for you. Like I, I don't know. So we would talk about anything and everything under the sun, as I've already said, but we would have conversations all day long. As long as we were awake, we were talking to each other and now it's like, okay, I'll spend four hours talking about toys with somebody or I'll spend two hours talking about because after, I mean, obviously I'm going to end up falling asleep, but like <laughs> if we were record, if we were recording this at like seven, eight AM and I had to go do other things or go whatever, it's like those silent moments now where nor- we found a process of whenever we weren't together, she was doing her, like if she was at work or if she was doing like, if she wanted to watch a TV show that I didn't care about to watch or whatever, I always had editing to do whatever we, we found that balance between spending time together and spending time apart. Well, now I don't have that anymore. I'm, I've always said to everybody, I'm like, I've been by myself my whole life. I'm perfectly fine being by myself, but there's a difference in being by myself, being alone and being lonely. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, I'm alone here in this apartment. There's no other person here right now, but like, it's those moments, man. Or that's why I'm like, you want to record? You want to do this? You want like, I'll, I'll schedule two or three separate recordings in one day, just so I don't have to worry about, whatever silent moments I'm going to have after we're not doing this kind of thing, because Karen was filling those up. That time that we spent together was the time that I wasn't doing this. And that time was the time that I had. (laughs) She, she thought I was crazy. She, she was right, but she thought I was crazy. So one morning, I forget which morning it was, but one morning, I wake up, she's, she's up and whatever else. And I look on Spotify and I'm like, Oh my God, my, my new, my favorite band from whatever, whatever, whatever has a new single out and it's called be cowboy. And now three different bands recorded this. This was the PBR anthem that came out in 2019. It's called be cowboy, uh, Montgomery Gentry from, Oh God. It's Montgomery Gentry, but it was, I forget who his other partner was. So it's him. Uh, it's one of the voice, old voice contestants and Blackstone Cherry record this track. And oh, yeah, for, sure. For me, I'm listening to the Blackstone Cherry version because I love Blackstone Cherry and and they've been my favorite band uh, since about 2011 or so, even though they came out before then. And I'm listening to this, listening to this and. I ended up, you know, you get up early in the morning, you got to go to the bathroom. She's, she's awake. She's downstairs, upstairs, wherever, and she, she hears the song blaring out of the, the old pipes. And what are you doing? I'm going to the bathroom. Why do you have the music playing? Cause it's the new song. Hello. I haven't had new stuff from them in two years or whatever, or a year or whatever it was. You're crazy. I'm like, yeah, I know, but had to hear it. 
So yeah, it's like, you know, I have to fill those moments of, of what would be her and I talking, which is now silence with other things now. So, you know, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just sucks. Yeah. And it's that, that was really kind of the stuff that, uh, that I kind of wanted to talk about is like how you know how 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 to how do you move on you know that that just seems it, it seems for 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 someone who's never had to deal with those situations it feels insurmountable if that yeah. makes sense oh. so like I yeah so yeah it's just it's just crazy mm -hmm. it's just so so absolutely crazy and like i said this is not the life that we you know we'd still be out there we'd still be out in vancouver i was uh when i went to go see my buddy doug in california in december 2016 was the first time i really kind of found funko and funko pops he had one of the little groots on his desk. And I'm like, oh, what's that? And he told me all about fun. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So from 2017 to now, I've been collecting Funko for about four years. I was three and a half hours south of Funko. And I'm like, crap. Damn it. That's never happening. I'm like, ah, because obviously in the middle of the pandemic and everything else, uh, you know. It is what it is, and it's just crazy. But, uh, yeah, we had a lot of plans. We were going to do it. Like, I keep telling my family that lives up in Massachusetts still, I was like, the plan was that we were going to go see my family in Massachusetts last year. Obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I I guess I have a net. I have the positive attitude and everything else, but I also have a natural ambivalence to life because if I can't control it, I can't control it. There's, you know, there's nothing I can do about it kind of thing. Like, you know, I can't, you know, throw her into a vat and have her come back like as, oh, wait, no, 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 Lazarus. No, Lazarus. <laughs> no, Lazarus. Come on, man. <laughs> well, well, it was interesting. One, one of the things that, you had told me when we were corresponding over over messenger after you had listened to to Your my show. podcast yeah. yeah exactly and one one of the things that that you said to me and i um i want kind of want to get into a little bit here as we get ready to to think about closing out or winding down at least is yeah. you had um you know i i went on like this whole tear about like different types of therapy and like, you yeah. know, kind of like, and this was like right on the heels of Kevin Smith revealing that, you know, he had checked himself into a facility and I'm like, say, that sounds kind of awesome. Maybe that's what I need. Uh, but as, as you and I were, were going back and forth, one of the things that you shared with me is that talk therapy doesn't necessarily do it for you. And I was, I was wondering if you could um, elaborate a little bit on that. This helps talking with people mm. that are my friend. You know, the podcasting is my talk therapy. We mm. actually tried going to a therapist to talk about our separate issues, but we were going together at the time, Karen and I. 
Yeah. But we, you know, we were, we had separate therapists and separate individual whatever, but like those people aren't going to give me a solution to whatever my problem, like I, I know my problem is, you know, I, I know what it is and I know sadly sometimes I can control it. Sometimes I can't, but you know, the key is Mike, I'm always angry. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? Like, like how I is, do know like, what you mean. Yes, like, I do I know mean, what you mean. Very much so. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like no in the depth stranger. of my being. Yes, yeah, I know. Like, like, like <laughs> no stranger with a degree on their wall or whatever. That's fine. They can have that account, whatever. But like no stranger is going to be able to help me with that. This is why I throw myself into the podcast. And this is why I am now starting to do stuff like this, where it's like talking about these issues or telling people the story of these issues or whatever, or like with my origin series stuff. Yeah. It's just toy collecting. Yeah. It's just transformers, but there are emotional things. Uh, hello, you know, four hours. Yikes. Uh, you know, there are emotional things behind this where I think for me, me podcasting recording with friends recording with whomever even if it's just like complete and total and like i didn't give this guy advance notice that i was going to bring it up but you know i don't really that's the other thing the questions most of the time unless people are absolutely adamant that they want to see them beforehand i don't show anybody the questions that's the, the point is there's 30 questions about insert topic here let's go whatever happens happens and I interviewed Jason Swoboda from Seven Bucks a Pop. And in the middle of that, the fact that Karen passed away two years ago came out. And he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, yeah, thanks. But, like, it just kind of comes out sometimes that, you know, if people don't know, they have that natural reaction of I don't know what to say or I don't know what to do here or whatever else kind of thing. But it's just one of those things where it's like, getting to do this, getting to be able to have done this for so long now, finding the groove, like I didn't have this groove the way, like I have my intros set up. I have my outros set up. I have all that stuff. I don't pre-record them, but I have them all to the point where like, I have the whole text of, I go through this whole line or I'll create this, or we have the, I have a standard outro of a, thank you for joining us. Well, blah, blah, blah. you can find us on, blah, blah, blah. you know, all that stuff and everything else. But like, that's just my process now where it's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Whereas maybe 13 and a half years ago, I didn't know exactly what I was doing because I hadn't perfected the format. And again, because of the pandemic and expanding into the origins and finding other ways to do the origins was like, okay, well, I need to really perfect the intro and the outros. Once I have that as the foundation, anything else that's in the meat and potatoes of the show, that's just gravy. <laughs> I, so, but yeah, the, the whole talking to a stranger thing, it's like, I have to now tell you for however long our, like I can't fit 43 years into one one hour specific one one hour session of a it's just not going to happen like not that that was ever supposed to be a like you know you go to therapy you go multiple times you go once a week for 43 weeks or 40 whatever it is that's fine but like in order for the therapist to understand where you're coming from you kind of have to get the 43 years off your chest in the first session or the first two sessions kind of thing I don't know, man. It's just not, yeah. I just don't like, this is more therapeutic than talking to a stranger. 
Yeah, yeah. See now, now that I get that, that I that that clicks. That makes sense. <laughs> so as we uh, as we get closer to wrapping up, what uh, what's kind of what <laughs> else is going on in in the GCRN universe? Like what 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 you got going? What you got coming up? Let's uh, kind of do some plugs. Boy, plugs. Yeah. Stay away from stay away from my butt, damn it! Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I just finished a three or so hour interview with a Boston radio DJ now podcaster, Mistress Carrie. I had been listening to her for twenty or so years, and it was just awesome to be able to talk to her and get her story. We are currently working on the top one hundred toys countdown, which will be our eighth countdown project. Currently, I think we only have 11 or 12 lists where we usually have like 30 or 40 or whatever. So we've got, as of this recording on whatever, what is this, July 24th? We got one week. July 31st is the final deadline for anyone to submit lists to us. Basically, we have created uh, my buddy Optimus Solo, Kevin Thompson, he went ahead and, and Steve Megatron, they both went ahead and created this visual toy guide where it's like 20 or so pages listing over 300 toys that you can list. And it's like toy franchise. Like we're not going to list every, like we're not doing beast wars. It's transformers, the franchise, the whole, all 40 years of it kind of thing. So we've got 11 or so lists right now. We need a few more. Uh, so I'll be sending out some reminder emails. I know some people are still working on their lists, so that's coming. That'll be a seven-part project that'll come up later this year. I'm always doing the pull bag. I'm a little behind on the pull bag right now because one of my co-hosts for that is hasn't hasn't figured out their schedule yet. So I'm about a month behind on that show. I need to catch up on that, but it is what it is. But we talk about comics and we get comic book origin stuff from people who read comics. And we've spent, we've reviewed all of the IDW 2.0. So basically from the death of Optimus Prime up until Unicron, we've got all of that. So basically 13 years of, of the 17 years that IDW had the license um my buddy joe and i review all the idw turtle stuff we've got a decade of that we've got i think two different interviews with former editor bobby kernow uh, along with tom waltz we've got one interview with tom uh so we review that we've just got a whole bunch of stuff steve megatron does altered geek with myself and michael powers we talk about general geeky stuff and other things and yeah, man, it's just geekcastradio.com. We've got so much going on. We got 15 years I've recorded and released over 3,000 episodes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that's impressive. I know yeah, I know as of 20 when was that? 2016 or 2017, it was like just over 2000 episodes so take 2016 times now it's probably more than well, that's why i say over 3000 because mm. i don't know what the actual number is because i don't do math and i haven't had optimus solo go back and redo the math <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh that's awesome 
Well, buddy, this has been uh, this has been an incredible journey. I I appreciate you uh, sharing your stories with us and mm-hmm. and and giving some uh, perspective. I think that's always valuable for us here in life. And and uh, and before we part ways for now, um, anything else you wanna you wanna dig into? Anything that we we may not have uh, uh, covered as we kind of crisscross the eras. This ain't no game. <laughs> as, as, as he holds up the DVD of the Super Mario Brothers movie. 30th anniversary this year. Oh, my gosh. Do you like that movie? Uh, yeah, I still kind of do. That's fine. I don't I mean... watch. I don't I don't watch it that often. But yeah, I I still in 93. It was right before Hook. Oh, sure. It, yeah. It was. So Super Mario Brothers happens between 1988 and 1994. So 1988, you have Bob Hoskins as Eddie Valiant with Roger Rabbit. 1994, you have him as Smee in Hook with Robin Williams. And then 1993, he is Mario. And yeah. No, I mean, it's an okay movie. It, it's not like. It's not the worst video game movie. There are plenty of other horrible video game movies. Oh, but sure. Always, always say it's one of the worst. And I'm just like, no, it's, hey, it is what it is. It was the 90s. It was, they, they, they did the best they could. But obviously the 2023 or 2022 or whatever the, whatever the new animated one, which I have seen and I did like. And people just need to, like, I understand everybody wanted, I wanted Charles Martinet in, in, in the voice. But Chris Pratt did okay. I mean. Sure. You know, it is what it is. But no, I I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I just believe in if you like something, like I said, I've been saying for the last however the hell long, if you like yeah. it, like it. If you don't, you don't. It's okay. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, just like what you like. And yep. and, and it's okay to like something. In fact, it's good to like stuff. You, you right. don't you, you don't have to not like something just because you, you – other people think it's cool to not like something you know what i mean yeah and most likely folks the next thing you're going to hear mike and i do because we're going to have to do this eventually is we have to do this oh my gosh yes the we uh, have, the, the, we, we have to do the cybertronic spree ravage mm-hmm. <laughs> is that upside down no no nope. no it's not it's right it side up yeah no, it's no, right side up saw the yeah so it's but, gonna yeah. be it's gonna be weird. We've been living in this era for so long where <laughs> the Kickstarter backers have had the album for so long where I saw the spree posting about the uh uh the upcoming release. I was like, Oh, oh god, right. they never put was, they never put no, that out for the was, public. <laughs> nope, it was only for us Kickstarter backers. I didn't think they were ever gonna put it out. Oh, yeah, obviously. You you know this, but um Oh yeah the usb yeah yeah good old ravage yeah no i love it so yeah no i gotta figure out when they're doing that because that way we can uh we can do some sort of crossover between your show and my show and we can just have a, i love that album it's so it's great it's it, so it, good it's pretty terrific yep. i uh i i really like it quite a lot and it's and it's a terrific companion piece to uh, Transformers 1986 
because yeah. like you you could feel all the influences in there, mm-hmm. but it is very much its own thing. Oh yeah, like it it's it's pretty cool. It is it is something to behold. But yeah, we uh you know uh maybe let's plan for that. Maybe like um I I don't know like first couple weeks of August, maybe around the time that it hits the public. I don't know. I yeah. have to have to think about that. When when does it hit the public? Do we know? Oh, I want to say maybe August eighth. Then we have to record it before then, so we can release it. Then, if it actually does release, then because that's the thirtieth anniversary of the movie. Right. Trying to to remember. Huh. I don't know. I'm just like I have it. So exactly. You know me, I pivot better than any couch. <laughs> I love that. I'm, that, that I'm, I'm old, I'm fat, but I can pivot to anyone's schedule that they need. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff, man. Well, I, I think, you know, it's it's uh it's getting later in the evening and <laughs> and evening. Think, are you uh, kidding me? It's it's one AM. It's one o'clock. Do you know where I was gonna say it, are? It, it, it's 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 tomorrow for some already. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and so yeah, so um uh, I, I guess let's leave it there for now. But uh, you know, uh thanks everybody for hanging out with us and and sharing in the feels. And yep. if you, if you want to listen to all of my other shows, uh, you can subscribe on the usual podcast places and, you know, you could, you could subscribe on my YouTube channel to watch videos that I occasionally put up, but not very often. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's about it. You know, like, like, like share rate and review, let us know what you like and what you want more of. And uh, I- until next time, uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves until all are one. Um, or make until your all are gone. Oh no! <laughs> Going shattered glass. Here. That's, that's no that's good. That's right. Yeah. And make good choices. Good night. There we did it. All right. We did it. I was um, going to say, you know, if you're offended, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. End recording. Got it. Okay.